Ladies, gentlemen, those between unaffiliated, we are back. Finally, finally, after quite some time, a, de- a delay, a uh, hiatus, whatever you want to call it, uh, not for any reason, just uh, just scheduling reasons, of course, to, is it, I'm just going to say it, the Monster Mash series. Yeah. Yeah, it was actually September 17th, 2022, when we last recorded, and now it's June 12th, 2023. Hot dang. Holy smokes. That's wow. Uh, it doesn't seem like it. That's a long time. Well, I mean, there's a few other series in this channel that uh, have yet to see the light of day, a certain basement series. But anyway, we're not talking oh, about boy, yeah, that there. right now. We're talking about <laughs> the Kings are at it. Fortunately, it's the updated version of the Kings going at it instead. So we have King G versus King K 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big movie. This was delayed for a long time and. And actually, this is, I think, the first time we've in this Godzilla series where we've come across something that we've already podcasted about, at least me and Eric have, because I think it was back in 2021. Yeah. When me and you covered this, I believe it was the the debut for the reboot of uh, Prognosis Negative. Yes, that is correct. Yeah, we covered this with me and you and, and Carl, another frequent guest on Romulan's Bearing Gifts in that podcast. And yeah, I'll include a link in the description if anyone's interested, but I've definitely had some shifting opinions since that discussion. I can't remember what I said before, except for a few things. So I don't know. Well, that's good. It's a brand new. Uh, it's a brand new commentary, or it's a brand. It's a brand new situation. Let's go. Fresh start. Yeah, and I guess if we're all ready to uh, to go with this one, we'll go to the old timestamp zero. Are you all there? I am. Yes, sir. Yeah, and we'll hit play in three, two, one, play. One hour fifty three minutes and nine seconds for mine. Don't worry, as far as I'm aware, there's no extended version of this uh, piece of media. By the way, Isaac, did we see this together in a theater? Or or actually... We did. Maybe it was the drive-in. I can't remember. No, that was was another Warner Brothers film. That was Mortal Kombat. Oh, that's right. Yes, I saw this first in the drive-in, and then it was the first movie I saw back once the theaters opened again. Yes, and I was uh, 20 minutes late. Yes, I remember that. And I was like, well, maybe I don't want to get back to seeing movies regularly with him. But (laughs) I think you made the correct decision. (laughs) But hey, we picked it up now. But here we are picking up back again on Skull Island. It's uh, it's been a while since we watched that movie, too. Quite some time. The last time we got even a mention of it was, of course, back in King of Monsters. Um, at the end and during the end credits, if you remember, there were, um, there were newspaper reels or, you know, the, the whole like thing, the series does or legendaries, uh, series do, it does, excuse me, where it, you know, has the whole conspiracy and like things are blacked out, uh, you know, all, all that, you know, all that stuff and censorship and says mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, rumblings happening at, at Skull Island, I believe is, uh, one of the, uh, taglines there. Yeah. And by the way, I'm not watching this on my UHD copy right now. But uh, I did watch it in UHD earlier today, and this thing just looks fantastic. It does, but I would say not as fantastic as Skull Island does. But That could be. I think it's going for something differently. In terms of the effects for, for King Kong in particular with his hair, I think all that stuff is... It's pretty close to the quality of the recent Planet of the Apes stuff. It just looks great, I think. I need to watch that stuff again. I haven't seen that stuff in a million years. The the new uh, Planet of the Apes, or the most recent. Hey, I think next year the next one's coming out, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. So maybe you'll have a reason to revisit them. Is it still? Is Matt Reeves still involved, or is he uh, doing behind-the-scenes stuff with that? 
Yeah, he's out. He's out. <laughs> but by the way, that is that is why I finally pulled this out with all the news of the the Toho one coming out later this year and next year they're uh, the next Godzilla versus King Kong movies coming out. So I was just getting hyped here. I can't believe I'm hearing him say this. Holy smokes. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked. Oh, are you kidding me? And, and the Gamera TV series is coming out. They just put out the trailer for the Skull Island TV series. This is a, a fantastic time to be a fan of this stuff. What networks or streamers are those going to be on? Uh, both Netflix. Hmm. Hadn't heard of either of those. And I was just telling my partner again, like I remember in the wilderness years, prior to 2014 just desperately hoping like is this stuff ever going to come back like it's been gone for so long and and now it's just it's like an embarrassment of riches how much stuff we get uh hold on a second you know the, what happened last time then like mcu showed up and now you get too like oversaturation anyways <laughs> so one thing about this movie in general that we're already starting to notice i i and i'm not sure what i think about it even still like the technology, like this is supposed to be present day, right? The technology is on another level in this movie. I think it's supposed to be 2024. Okay. Because uh, when the uh, antagonist of the piece uh, kind of just quickly gives his like villain speech uh, before he gets offed, spoilers, um, <laughs> he's like, you know, 10 years ago when Godzilla attacked uh, San Francisco. Okay. Which. Oh, I'm pretty sure they're supposed to be in like the year they were, you know, filmed or the year they were released. So Godzilla was 2014. Sure. So this, I think, is 2024. And I know where you're going sure. with this. I mean, even if we take it as 2024, which is totally fine, it's still. Wow. It's, it's still what the heck is going on with this technology? Yeah. Technology has just, you know, I mean, you know, it took, you know, in, in 1900. For pit's sakes, you know, we, we we still had, you know, some rudimentary technology. A few years later, we discovered the atom with um, uh, with microscopes. And then a few years after that, we were able to split the atom. And then this guy was born. Which guy? Oh, maybe, maybe I'm not in sync. Uh, Godzilla. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, Godzilla. <laughs> um, also, the you know, the title credits are coming on now. And oh, they're, they're still keeping in line with what was sort of established in 2014. Yeah, which I'm happy with. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that they've whoever the producers are on this are, are still keeping that style in there. I, I do like it. I think it sets itself apart from uh, other blockbuster series. Yeah, and despite the big increase in, in tech that feels a little bit off, I think overall these four movies, they've done a good job keeping them all relatively consistent in terms of the feel of them. I mean, that first one does have a much more serious kind of vibe. That one's maybe the... yeah slightly out of place one but these other three yeah it's the most most grounded i would say i think yeah um grounded and plausible you're correct uh yes i think they do a fairly decent job of of feeling like a shared universe similar universe which which is it's an accomplishment considering the the considerable change in directors uh throughout the four movies yeah yeah, and it's kind of a sleeper success in that regard because I feel like this series, as much as it does have its fan base, is still a little bit of an underdog. It doesn't make as much money as the DC or Marvel type stuff, but for a continuing universe, I think they're doing a fine job four movies in. Unlike, uh, yeah, the DC stuff, four movies in during that time period. <laughs> the, you know, to kind of 
I guess, take something from Eric. I, I, I suppose the batting average for these guys is kind of just in the average, uh, as, as you kind of said, uh, Caleb, or I mean, at least to how I'm interpreting it, where... Are you talking about box office? Not just box office, but like, I, I guess, yeah, box office critical reception, where it's just like, there's not been like a... Tr- like, there's not been a big... Fl- like, I guess... I know King of the Monsters didn't do like the the uh, box office numbers it wanted to, but I don't know if it was a complete and utter flop, was it? No, it was just, yeah. I don't think so. Just underperformed. There you go. So, yeah, this is very much like an average series, again, in terms of like blockbusters. And I think, you know, I think, but I think there's a lot that can come out from this, but I think I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm sorry. Yeah, by the way, Isaac, do you think this should be our next? Uh, maybe this will get us more views if we model ourselves after this guy here, another fellow podcaster. <laughs> uh, you just, well, I model th- yourself after him in what way? You know, the going after some crazy conspiracy stuff. You know, I think maybe we could uh, get into that. So you want to be the next Alex Jones? There you go. I'll start selling some vitality pills, too. Yeah. All right. We'll just start uh, denying that the <laughs> war in Ukraine is not actually real. And uh, then we have some. Oh. See, now you're making it uncomfortable. Yeah, the real world. I know exactly. See, like, hey, we just we just need the or you someone needs to get to the bottom of this alien thing so I can. Oh, there you go. So I can. That's currently going on. So I can. Wow, that's that's just dating ourselves. I mean, I kind of I, I believe that exists, but like no, but the recent the recent stuff. The reason I know, I know. I'm saying, is, I'm like, what are we? What are you going to do about it though? Like, if aliens exist and. Oh, it's not that I'm going to change my life, but I just want to get straight what the hell's going on right now. Is it just a story uh, or is there any fact or truth behind it? That's what, that's what I want to know right now. Hey, people have been asking that since uh, like 1946. I can't remember when Roswell was. Seven. 47. <laughs> so yep. it's yeah, 47. It's always current, Isaac. We're not dating ourselves. I know we're not dating ourselves, <laughs> but there may there may actually be like inconclusive evidence I think I said that right, where, you know, there are, in fact, like extraterrestrials not of this earth, potentially. We'll see. Oh, but speaking of uh, dating ourselves, here we have uh, Brian Tyree Henry, this uh, conspiracy podcaster, and he was making the rounds around this time. He was kind of having a little bit of a blip popping up all over the place. I haven't really seen him do too much now. I, I think he's doing TV stuff, but I remember Joker and this came out not too far apart and couple other random things that he was in i don't even remember him in joker yeah i'm trying to remember what else but i i remember i i kept seeing him <laughs> yeah i literally don't remember what he who he was in joker and i've seen that film twice yeah it's really weird to me how certain character actors have a moment when they're in just tons of things for a year or two and then they many of them just disappear it's very strange i mean he was i'm not gonna call him his like other godzilla co-star but he was in bullet train with aaron taylor johnson oh yes i avoided that movie like the plague just because of trailers i forgot about the trailers yeah (laughs) Uh, i've i've heard that it's a a fine movie for that type of movie but i heard that too but what was going on with their marketing budget it seems like they must have spent two times whatever they spent on the movie um just on marketing because i did not realize that the whole like you know uh, tunnel system or you know the trolley system they have underground is on that in the background look at that i didn't realize that huh it's yeah. in the, huh cool by the way i did find out i did look it up and yeah he was in child's play in 2019 and then he was also in eternals in 2021 so yeah he was popping up oh that's right okay just from like the movie posters and like some stuff i've seen like online 
forgot about that. By the way, here we go. The beautiful first images of Big G here. I like the, the blue eyes thing that they're doing in these. It's kind of interesting. Again, they're very much trying to like separate all the colors from each other, which is, I mean, this, this one has a, has a thing with colors. It, it's going back, you know, a few years and looking back at, you know, what Del Toro did with um, Pacific Rim. Well, I listened to most of the director commentary for this oh, movie, which I should have done. And the very initial thought the director had when he found out he was going to be doing this movie before they had a, a, a script or anything, his, his, Initial thought was, I want to have the big fight in a neon type of environment. <laughs> so that was, that was his like mission statement. And so I guess that eventually bled into like a lot of these visuals um, that take place in other parts of the movie besides the climax. Yeah, it definitely works. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about that stuff. But one of the first things that I, I really liked about this movie when it came out was I I hadn't really warmed to the the kind of face run that they were doing with him in those first two, where he was this baby face Godzilla. He was our hero, and then seeing him take this big heel turn in this one, I think is much more suited to the character. And so, uh, do you mean baby face figuratively or? Ah, uh, wrestling terms, wrestling terms. Like he, he was. Oh, oh. He was our our protector Godzilla. Right, right. You know, I feel like that doesn't fully. It didn't fully work for me. So having him take this heel turn, I think, is much better. Well, if you look at it from the fact that it's just another like uh, Apex Titan, I th- like like King K being another Titan, I feel like it's just like listen, you're you know I've sent all the Titans <laughs> back somewhere. We don't. I know there's extra canonical media that is like explain that away. I know there's a book out here where it's just like oh he sent them all back to Hollow Earth what <laughs> yeah how'd they get there um what because you know remember if if ever recalls last time we saw godzilla he was in uh a washington dc you know that's just completely dest- no sorry boston that's completely destroyed and you know all the titans come to him and they you know bow before him so like where where's everybody where's rodan where's mothra the, the other mothra excuse me he definitely seems to take a heel turn as you say in this movie but he is but he but he certainly at this point in the movie in the beginning he his purposes though are certainly misunderstood or not understood so even though he yeah. is coming off as a heel he's still like his motivation is still on the side of good well when it comes to king kong it's just like just bend that fucking knee and i'll leave you alone and he's all sinister looking towards him and well that's another thing because i'm not really sure what that's all about still like is it just something like in their genes so to speak yes that they can't like each other well just eons like just like an animal instinct yeah yeah that's he he's meant to be he he needs to be the leader the 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 top dog in the uh yeah because i mean like this whole thing how like like kong is really only safe on skull island because if you leaves that area then he'll you know attract godzilla that's why i was like what is that all about other than yeah some weird dominance thing it's i i equate it to i again this is not how you know actual you know non-human animals behave but you know they just there's behavioral patterns there's territory it's like lions and hyenas 
you know, not just what Lion King showed us, but like, you know, how actual, you know, lions and hyenas, they have, they kind of like heckle each other back and forth. And they, there's always like, you know, one, one cannot completely eliminate the other. Like wolves, I'm not saying wolves and deer are the same way. Cause that's a predator prey relationship. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it's just territory issues. That's how I, uh, that's how I see it. Yeah. Speaking of territory, I did, I couldn't help but thinking every time they said Pensacola of Florida, thinking Roman Reigns, that's where he hails the, the current top dog of WWE. So I was, I was comparing him a little bit to, to Godzilla. Man, where's y'all's WWE podcast? I know. I, I hope it comes one day, but it probably won't. <laughs> I mean, every now and then, but like, there's so much, man. Like, there's there's so much to like, you know, watch. Well, that's what I'm saying. So much I, fodder for you. We had a WrestleMania view not too long ago, or discussion. Excuse me. That's true. University of Theoretical Science. Uh, is that next to the metaphysical biology? I actually want that little spaceman toy. I think that'll look great on my my DVD shelf. That thing looks. What was that little? I did not see that little caricature in the door. What does it say? Something, something, no, huh? Hollow Earth, something. Uh, Doctor, no. I, I wish soon. It's like something like Hollow Earth headquarters or something like that. Yeah, and here we have uh, yeah one of the Scars Guard uh, sons. I don't actually remember this guy's name, but he's he is the one who is in uh, the Northman, right? Yep. Yeah, and Infinity Pool, which came out last year, and Tarzan. I don't know what Infinity Pool is, but. It's it's kind of shocking to think this is the same person as the guy in the Northman because because he is um oh, what the actor's he's Dolph Lundgren esque in the Northman I mean like his physicality he is such an action figure <laughs> like medieval hero physically and it just like how is this like who would even though I actually thought uh, Dolph Lundgren is actually formally trained in a lot of disciplines, uh, you wouldn't think it though, like seeing him in movies and you wouldn't think this guy would play this type of role and, and also be in the Northman because he's like two completely different people in every possible way. Yeah. And I feel like he's in that and everything I see him in, I, I just think he's fantastic. This guy. But, but sorry, go ahead, Isaac. That's okay. Sorry. He's maybe... fantastic, but I feel like he's wasted it in this particular movie. Well, I mean, you can see that with a lot of the actors from previous films. Yes. Well, actually, I would say with many actors in this movie as well. Uh-huh. Interesting. Uh, no, but basically, he's 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 in line for being Thor next. And it would actually probably be more proper depiction of Thor, given that he's Norse. Yeah, they won't hire him, but I think he would make. Yeah, come on, his dad was in like his dad was pals with Thor. Like, what, 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 like, <laughs> what, what gives? No, uh, they're they're going strong with Hemsworth, but I guess so. But yeah, if anyone watched True Blood back in the day, that's where I first saw this guy. Oh yeah, yeah, he was really good yeah. on that show as well. Me, me as well. I forgot. I forget about that. I try to wipe that from my memory. I guess also this is the closest adaptation I'll ever see Tarzan with King Kong. So. I'll take it. Is that something you've been hoping for? Oh my! Oh yes, I'd forgotten that he was in yeah, Tarzan. Was he in that? Jeez, I uh, this—that's weird to think. Uh, well, I mean, like compare his like you know physique in Tarzan to what his physique is in The Northman. Wow, I haven't seen Tarzan, so I can't I can't uh, comment. Yeah, but I never thought that, that was him. Damn. But what do you guys think about the fact that they introduce another? Sarazawa here is this supposed to be related to the the other one? I think it's supposed to be his son. That's weird, and he's working with this Apex group. 
I also thought it was weird that they just break into his house and are like, we got a job offer for you. What do you think? Are you, are you interested in working with us after we just broke in here? So, you know what this reminds me of, Caleb? It's, it reminds me of the start to Atlantis the Lost Empire. Oh, where, yeah. Uh, one of the, where, where Helga goes into Milo Thatch's um, living quarters and like offers her or brings her him, excuse me, to um, uh, that, that crazy guy who's funding the whole expedition. I'm just like, yeah, this kind of feels like the beginning of well, Atlantis the Lost Empire. And I realized, hmm, maybe that's for a good thing. Go ahead, Eric. Well, what's funny is the director mentioned that after this movie was finished, that he just happened to be watching uh, that movie, the Disney Atlantis uh, movie. <laughs> what a coincidence. And he realized, wait a second, there's a lot of parallels here. That's funny. It's completely coincidental. It's like Atlantis was not in his head when he made this movie. No, I can. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not like, you know, going, but that is quite a quit. What, what a. This, this whole movie is full of coincidences. That's that, that's amazing. But there's a lot of science fiction stuff that's happening in this movie. So I'm I'm, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of going to it. Yeah, and just mentioning uh, Adam Wingard. Yeah, this is another one of those guys who I'd seen most of his work up to this point and would have never guessed that he could do something like this. Because like uh, Michael Doherty in the last one, Wingard was just making indie horror stuff, really really low budget horror stuff. And a couple bigger things, like he did that Blair Witch remake, which was terrible. <laughs> and so I'd kind of, I'd almost lost faith in him. I was like, okay, like maybe I don't know about the potential of this guy anymore. But I think he was a great fit for for this movie. I think he did well. I don't know how he got selected. Um... I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like they went for horror all the way around and more indie guys. Because even Gareth Edwards with Monsters. Right. It wasn't strictly a horror movie, but it was another kind of super low budget thing. And then Doherty as well. Yeah, it's interesting choices for these. And I don't know about the guy who made uh, uh, Kong Island. I don't know that direct that director at all. Oh, I remember. No, I remember. I remember all of Eric's thoughts on you know how. I mean, again, I'm. Um, I got a credit for him. He he definitely made a movie. Like he definitely made his version of that movie. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Me too. Do you think? Do you think Caleb that the he was um. Wingard here was a puppet like he was you know had the committee had uh, their hands up his rear I don't know about that it could very well be that that's why they're picking the people that they hire but I feel like they've all felt distinct Um, it doesn't feel like just directing by committee I I don't know that that was the case but something else I took away listening to the commentary um, is that he does not sound the way he was talking about his process of making the movie he does not sound like the type of directors I normally um, fall in love with um, in the, in the respect of a lot of this movie was he's, he's not um, he's not into the particulars of things <laughs> like he's, he's like anti George Lucas in terms of style, like where George Lucas was hands on everything, approving and disapproving every aspect of his star Wars movies like Wingard is like the opposite of that. Um, he had very fleeting ideas. He didn't have like a fully formed concept of this movie going into it story-wise or anything. And a lot of it just sort of happened organically, but not necessarily coming from him, like coming from his, his team in the different areas of, of the filmmaking. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? He was just kind of like, 
I mean, yes, he would call the shots at the end of the day, but he was kind of like along for the ride with everybody else, if that makes sense. Like he didn't have this this sole vision or scope in his mind. He just kind of went along with the flow. Yeah, which is definitely how his other projects went as well. And that is kind of the a lot of the ways of working in indie film is you just you get what you get. You improvise when your options don't work out or suddenly you get a new option to do something you couldn't have done before. So just having that improv. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I, I had heard weirdly that at one point he was selected to be the director of a, a sequel they were going to have to Peter Jackson's King Kong. Yes. <laughs> that obviously never happened. Um, so weird. It also seemed like a weird choice, unless it was like choosing a director the way they chose directors for like Empire and Jedi, meaning like you're like a director in name only, so to speak, because of George Lucas. Uh, maybe that's what they were going for with a King Kong sequel because, um, again, like, I, you know, I've gone through the special features of King Kong 2005 and he, Jackson, you know, he's he's like Lucas. He's hands on into everything, including all the lore that went into like King Kong that is just backstory that the filmmakers know about, you know, that doesn't necessarily translate into the finished project. Like, you know, they developed all this lore for like the tribe lived on the island and and like their architecture, everything. Um, Cause that's just the way they like to make their movies or as Peter Jackson likes to make his movies. Whereas Wingard, again, was like the opposite. When he was talking about a lot of different happenings that happened in this movie, he's, he, he's like, I don't know how that worked. I don't know how this makes sense. <laughs> I have no idea how they went from here to here, but just, I, you know, like, like, it, like he's not concerned with that at all. Like the finer details, not concerned. It's like, he's just like, we just need to get to the fight. <laughs> you know, that's what we're all here for. So like these, a lot of these little details, neither here nor there to him. And I like that mentality with the uh, human plot. Like I really like in the end when we get the main villain and he's about to go into his ex exposition, kind of explaining all his ideology. And then Mechagodzilla just kills him. Like that, 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 that part doesn't matter. The part that matters is the monsters. So, so, so I can appreciate that in a movie of this this type and again it helps that they keep things moving this movie isn't bogged down by a super long runtime or by really in-depth you know human characters the human characters are there to just provide some fun as they're moving the plot along now i do like what you do. i mean i do like that this this movie doesn't waste any time i do like that the shorter runtime um that's great but, you know, we're introducing yet another human character just now in the movie. Mm. And we've already introduced several up to this point. And I don't know that we need all these people at all. Um, and this is one of my takes on the movie overall is that at the end of the day, I don't think any human character in this movie stands out to me in any way in being memorable or... No, I, I don't really care for any human character at all in this movie. I disagree with you right there. I will I will disagree with you um, with what with uh, I'll agree with you um, to one exception. There's one person I think that needs to be in this film and we're going to I'll get to it when like she's on screen. OK, I agree. And I'm pretty sure it's the same character for yep. me as well. No, <laughs> like uh, basically the best Kong girl ever. Like the like hands down, like just 
and I'll I'll ex- I'll explain myself. You guys can cancel me, but like all listeners can cancel me. But like, <laughs> hear me out. Wait, she hasn't appeared in the movie yet. No, she has, but we've talked over her. Oh, okay, okay. I think I know who you're talking about. But there's a very pivotal scene, and like again, we'll get to it. I think you know who you're talking because I was like, if they haven't shown up yet, I don't know who you're talking about. I mean, she's right here, but I'll I'll talk. Well, I yeah. guess we okay. Let's talk about it. So go ahead, Caleb. <laughs> yeah, I just I I really appreciate the new flavor and that Kong girl dynamic having this. This last remnant of the people that he lived with on that island. And I don't really like how callously they just wiped them all out. Oh, I guess a storm killed them, maybe. <laughs> I want to, be- this is my headcanon, but I'm pretty, I want to believe that when um, Ghidorah took over and he, you know, used his super gravity to, you know, affect the Earth's weather patterns, I want to believe that it affected the storm surrounding, you know, that, that, that ever present storm around Skull Island. And it, like, it, it was his interference that caused all the people to die. But that's just my head. Game. <laughs> yeah. I think it was a really clever choice as well, making her deaf so that she could sign to Kong. Cause of course we couldn't have Kong just speaking English. So to have that way for him to communicate as he's the humans champion. Or could we, Oh God, no, that'd be terrible. <laughs> um, but what is it with the, um, the, uh, I don't know what the association is called for the hearing impaired. Oh yeah. Um, like they, they must have a heck of a publicist because, there's been so many big films of like the last four or five years that have included some element of of a uh, yeah a hard of hearing character or American Sign Language or something. Like, yeah, television as well. I'm pretty sure that yeah, they're just paying a lot to get involved with production productions and because that the guy um, from that association uh, I can't think of the actor's name uh, the one who played the deaf guy in. Uh, um, baby driver beautiful yeah that was a beautiful moment sorry just yeah. what, what's going on screen just like i would i would say that like i think the point of this film is not to show the humanity within humans but to show the humanity within the monsters other okay obviously king g is a different yeah. story but like they're I was gonna say monsters plural or just monster monster i guess in this case but they are very much trying hard to showcase that king k here is human like how much more human he is than everybody else i i don't remember much of our previous podcast on this movie but the one thing i think i remember that i said in the previous podcast was that godzilla was in this movie godzilla is like the embodiment of like the force of earth or Gaia or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Whereas Kong is, is like the manifestation is the, is the Kaiju version of like the spirit of humans. I a hundred percent agree with you on that. I think that, and that, I think that goes even back to their, their, the writers or whoever Wingard they're, they're breaking these characters down to their essence and showing that, you know, because, you know, Kong is an ape and apes are, you know, similar you, humans and apes are, there's a similarity between the two of them. He's humanoid. So therefore he has emotions. Godzilla has almost like no emotions other than being in pain. I don't know if that counts, but like, yeah, go, like oh, he's got his, his arrogant. I mean, he's got so much expression in his face this time. They really give him a personality. I guess that's fair. And he's just, that's no, that's true. They, yeah, he's just like you got to bow down, bitch. I'm in charge. <laughs> yeah, he's. I think you're right in that. They're, but but he definitely does go back. To, they're they're going back to '54, um, where he is very much like I'm, I'm in charge. Like I am a nuclear bomb. Do not like. Do not press me or else. Yeah, and again, I think the humans like the last movie. They spent so much time trying to make us care about the human drama, 
between this this family with Billy Millie ah, Millie Bobby Brown. I just want to call her Billy Bobby Brown. Totally different person. <laughs> and her uh, her mom. <laughs> um, this time she's just back for more humor purposes. Like her whole side of the plot is basically just the silly camp stuff. I, I'd be remiss if I yeah I didn't mention that you know I will watch just about anything that Millie Bobby Brown is in, whether it's schlock or or outside of my wheelhouse. I'll just watch anything with her. Uh, it's it's amazing how young she looks in this now. You know, this movie doesn't feel like it's that old. I know it was shot, I think, at the end of 18 going into 19. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a you know fair number of years, especially for a young person. But yeah, she looks a lot younger here than she does in present day. Yeah, this was one of those events where both these two kids when they were doing like interviews and stuff for when this movie actually came out, it was like, whoa, they look so different than the movie that I'm about to watch. <laughs> well, it has this, has the guy in this scene, has even anything significant since this movie? I don't believe so. Yeah. And maybe, maybe he has been, maybe he's gone back to New Zealand. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like he had his moment with Deadpool two in this. And... Yeah. The hunt for the wilder people. He was really good in that. Sam Neill. But he does feel like like many of the characters in the movie, extraneous to me in this. Yeah. Like like he has no reason to be here. I mean, I guess he's supposed to be some more comic relief asterisk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know what else other than that. Admittedly, he's the one that I like the least out of all the human characters in this. And I don't necessarily dislike him. Oh, wow. I forgot that this guy was in this. I watched this earlier and I somehow I just missed him. Who is this guy? Uh, I most recently saw him as one of the main bad guys in Megan. Oh, okay. That movie from uh, the same writer of Malif- or whatever that. What's that movie that we watched last year, Isaac? I think it was two years ago, but Malignant. Malignant, yeah. But he was also in Crazy Rich Asians and some other stuff like that. Oh, he, he... I don't remember him in Crazy Rich. He's one of those character actors who just pops up. Yeah, seems like it. Um, but oh, I lost track of my my thought. The sight of him. <laughs> uh, with him or with like these two, the, the the comic relief. Oh yeah, comic relief. Yeah, I mean their whole plot is just silliness. Like oh, we tracked down him because in a podcast he mentions that he uh consumes a lot of bleach. Oh, does he drink the bleach? No, he showers in it. And then we get this bit where he, he does his little fig voice. So, and when I first watched this, I'll say I, I didn't like this subplot at all. I thought the three of them were just stupid. And I was like, okay, this, but having seen this movie like five or six times now, I can just go along with the silliness of them. I, I think it's fine for what it is. I disregarded it the first time I watched it. I mean, it, it wasn't good the first time, but I was, I was really able to just shut it off and, and not be bothered by it even on initial viewing. So, um, Eric, go ahead <laughs> real quick. The, Cause I'm noticing this movie, I'm watching the UHD, but I'm watching it on a, on a non HDR TV. So even though it's a standard television, it's the, the, the color grading still comes off like really well, the, the way the director or cinematographer intended, mm-hmm. it's still translating without HDR. And so I'm wondering also just looking at it, is this a good timestamp of just, like this is the this has been the look of of movies etc. Like I've often talked about how movies like circa two thousand six two thousand seven had a very specific uh, cinematography of of the time, and I feel like this is 
so the visual of the time for like the last five years or something. This is a, a perfect representation. Yeah, this is one of those. Okay, so this is one of the reasons to watch the subplot because rather than me skipping it, <laughs> uh, just because of, you know, this gorgeous neon. But of course, the problem being is that this gorgeous neon happens to reflect the whole idea of retro 80s future uh, or uh, synth wave almost the synth wave look oh so if anybody's just played you know far cry uh blood dragon though that is that is what uh as we all have yeah that's a good like version of synth wave love that game and i was absolutely thinking of that a lot and by the way that is part of the especially with the uh synth use in the uh in the orchestra excuse me pardon me yeah that's part of the stamp of adam wingard all of his movies at least the ones that he's uh i, I don't include uh Blair Witch that you know that doesn't really have a proper score but all of his other movies have that very distinct synth sound to them and I love it I, I think it's I think this is one of my favorite of the scores in the modern Godzilla movies you know it's a throwback to 80s cinema or what not use but I, I I don't recall the synth or a lot of neon lights being used in Godzilla 1984 yeah, and by the way the neon as well he used a lot in, especially the guest his uh, second feature a lot a lot of neon in that <laughs> I hear what you guys are saying, but I think, that, yeah, it, and I, maybe it is under that same wave of of cinematography, but it, it just this the look of this reminds me of a of a lot of um, like 4K streaming shows of recent times, like on Netflix or HBO, um, like Euphoria, or I don't know many things. It just it just looks like it's in the same family uh, of, of of current modern 4K TV. All the uh, all the cinematographers who are associated with those uh, indie films or just productions all went to the same school and all played <laughs> Far, Pli- Far Cry Blood Dragon. They all watched John Wick. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, John Wick. It's another one. Uh, that, that's where I think it uh, comes from. We were talking about when we did the Fast and the Furious, uh, uh, Hobbs and Shaw, and I think the ninth one as well. All, both had that kind of glowy neon look during certain scenes that was that felt very john wick inspired yes yes yeah you're correct now uh when it comes to these side characters and these human characters you know with uh millie bobby brown and her her you know little side plot there you know it's you can boil them down to being utilitarian and showing us like the other side of the plot so setups to not you know keep the audience like aware of the situation and what's going on with the whole um, apex uh, division. And, and then that's not part of the story. Um, you know, it bo- you can boil them down to be the characters being utilitarian and, and with almost having like no point of character other than just, again, to serve as like a point of view character for the audience to uh, see in another, another side of the plot, but repeat myself, excuse me. Um, but I, I, I can, I cannot at least, you know, that's for its own film. But when we get to, you know, 2014, um, you know, we'll, we'll see an actor who is also utilitarian, but definitely gives a, a performance that leaves, um, leaves him being memorable. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree there. Oh, by the way, I like this little, little, uh, doll, little Kong doll. <laughs> I think that's kind of cute. Again. So is it because she, you know, can't speak, she can't hear, it's no, it's just, I think the, the, the fact of uh, like the bond between her and Kong and, you know, like they, they could have probably gone more, much more into it. They could have like done it incorrectly. I don't know how they could have done it. Well, I guess you probably could figure how they did it incorrectly, but like 
just something about her and 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 kong's kong's bond is again something that i would have never guessed they would have and, and not the direction i would have never seen with a kong girl and so i'm very very yeah. very pleased with it and it is definitely something new that they brought to the table and i definitely really hope even though she'll probably she'll definitely be much older i, I really hope that she <laughs> returns for uh then I, I hope she's a mainstay that, that she is like you know a friend to kong and i, I like that yeah i'd like it if they they kept her as well yeah and uh yeah i guess feeding into that theme of since she lost all of her family and this movie's kind of kong exploring his loss of his family to some degree it's not a big theme but it's definitely there so i think that that also uh comes together well and i guess if i can say she's also acting very like the actor herself is is acting like very good um I don't I don't feel that she's like, you know, overacting or well, maybe she I don't I don't know. I I, I don't think she's overacting, but I I think she's doing a good job. And Rebecca Hall feels like the, the she feels similar to the other leads of the previous movies. Like she's just kind of there and she's doing a serviceable job, but not really standing out. You know, she's OK. Yeah, I was I was really surprised to see her face pop up in this movie when I when I saw it the first time. Because I feel like she hadn't been in anything, or at least anything big, for a while, and so I was like, "Oh, who dug her up?" Uh, last time she was in that Transcendence movie, but obviously, you know, the the, the oh. previous thing that we, uh, at least I, I saw her in, of course, um, was Iron Man three. Right, that was, feels like an age ago. Well, it's ten years ago now. So, yeah, and I, I saw her in this movie with, uh, with uh, what's her name, Elle Fanning, called Teen Spirit pretty low budget flick she was okay in that too i wanted to see that movie but it's still on my list one day so this is the reverse of uh kong 76 where in that film they use a giant like oil tanker to like try okay they've always used this with tank. I, I don't know why just this one immediately reminded me of of 76 for some reason because they're transporting him back to america hmm. now they're like oh we got to get him to antarctica so it's like it's just similar looking boat that's why this reminded me of a grandiose version of uh, some of the bits from way of the water um, when when they show the hunting of the whales and way of the water way of the water mm. and they mark them with those little floats and also harkening back to the original jaws um, how they how the fishermen or whoever can track um, the beast and, and this is like the same concept except instead of a little probe thing it's an entire like battleship you know, that's yeah, no, I didn't I didn't think of that. I wonder if I think my mind was saying like subconsciously, I'm like, I've seen this other than like this being here. It's like I've seen something similar to this. And it's like, oh, yeah, of course. You're yeah, I, Eric said it it's like probably Jaws. That was the progenitor. At probably. Least on the film. But just like, yeah, the, the whole end part with in the way of water between like, you know, the, the big fight there. It's like this time. I'm going to Caleb will obviously, you know, complain about this, but he'll be like there's there's a lot of like the either the writers or the producers playing with their toys. Uh, when you know it's basically parkouring and or like ship to ship combat between um, uh, uh, Zilla and Kong. Yeah, and I think that all that stuff's fun. I even like the little Poseidon adventure type bit with the ship flipping over like that and him having to swim to free him. I thought that was yep. well done. Yeah, they made that that bridge set times two, the right side version and the upside down version. Well, unintentional uh, Stranger Things reference there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. 
Good thing I don't watch Stranger Things, so I don't get the reference. I don't know if it's a good thing, but... Such a a good show. Such a good show. I don't know how they're going to stick the landing, but so good up to now. All right. Now I'm free. Here we go. It's kick-ass time. The big battle. I thought that was a terrible um, room that the, the little girl and Rebecca Hall were just in. Because with the whole hatch and everything, you would think it would be a watertight room. What's the point of it if it also filled with water? Yeah, that's fair. Whoa. All right. Now all this, like, you know, all this carry needs to do is now sprout like four uh, arc reactor wings on the side and go into the air as it's one of the shield helicarriers. Then it'll be like even more ridiculous. That's that shot of the inside of the plane as it was flying off. I was expecting Kong to grab it because I think they did one of those shots in the 2005 version. Oh, he does later. He does. He does later. Well, he not, not. He grabs the plane. Uh this one here, I believe. There you go. <laughs> uh, hey, that's Maverick. Oh no, Maverick. Yeah, and I was and I was thinking, <laughs> holy crap, are they gonna kill that pilot? But of course, it's like the old GI Joe cartoon. Every single plane that gets shot down, you always see a parachute. <laughs> like, um. All right, so here's like they one didn't want to. Big... They didn't want to ruin his face run by having him kill someone. So yeah, they. But go ahead, Isaac. Definitely Sorry. Not. No, this this right here, that's one of the shots they leaned heavily on in the trailers and the TV spots. And worthwhile. What's this? I, I think the physics of it is solid. It's 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 like it, it's it's in complete daylight. Like, yeah, sure, there's shadows here and there. And the dark sky works beautifully, by the way, like as a good contrast. The sun being right there as well. Like, I think this is legendary being like, all right, so we took all the feedback from 2014 and then 2019. Because, you know, uh, Skull Island had a lot better, like, you know, Kong out yeah. in the open. But, like, they took all that, uh, all, all the criticism, and they're like, all right, you want us to do it in broad daylight? Okay, well, sunset, potentially. Or <laughs> I can't tell if it's east or west. Um, here you go. Here's, here's like, a kaiju fight uh, in the daytime. It's like, here you go. And it's like, much pre- and sh- okay, sure, they're they're cheating again. They're, they're in the water. But it's like, I accept this because... Godzilla is also a um, a creature of water as well, uh, the way of water in a way. So, yeah, yeah, he has home court advantage because of that in this scene. Why not? Yeah, which is again smart for their their feud. They're kind of three three fight feud. Have it start on Godzilla's ground, and yeah, it's all good booking. <laughs> yeah, he yeah Kong would be dead here by the way if it was not for military interference. Yeah, I don't know why Godzilla doesn't take on like alligator tactics and try to drown him like in this in this battle. I mean, I guess like that was what he's trying to do from the beginning. Maybe not. Maybe it was just a last resort. Maybe he didn't think of it. I don't know. Well, there's also all this interference with the yeah the depth charges and stuff. All the lumberjacks around the ring. <laughs> I really should be starting a, a WWE podcast with this. I just keep seeing all the wrestling. Uh, connections they've never done we have yet to do a they've yet to do like an underwater match setting have they <laughs> not that i know because they do hell in the cell match they've done buried alive match so i'm like they've done a steel cage match. and i okay i say this because like hell in the cell is fire uh buried alive matches earth steel cage match is either like air because they're high up or like metal because you know steel cage so we need something with water by the way just because i recently watched uh, cabin in the woods that hand coming up shot and it going down it just very much reminded me of the end of that movie Spoilers. <laughs> oh, this this CG shot right here of uh, got, uh, Godzilla, King Kong puking water. That was the direct one of the director's favorite shots in the whole movie. Yeah. 
effect shots. Oh, one of my favorite, which we forgot to mention, or we, we talked over, was we get a shot of Kong just eating a, a huge handful of fish, and he's got all this bloody teeth, and he's just smiling. He's like, ah, it's so good. He's just <laughs> grinning. Oh, that's funny. That's one of the ones that the director wasn't sure about. Like he wasn't like he felt maybe a little bit dodgy on the effects work. Yeah, the effects weren't the best, but I, I just I just find that such a funny moment. It's like, oh, gross, but <laughs> he looks like he's enjoying it. Hey, he's got food. He's like, oh, yum, 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 yum. I haven't eaten in a while. I need fish. What if they were sharks? And I like that they lean in that because we, we got some scenes like that in uh, Kong Skull Island. Just seeing his grosser element in that regard. And we get maybe one or two in this movie. I, th- I think it was nice they brought that back. Yeah, you know, the same producers or, you know, committee or somebody's, you know, hopefully keeping uh, keep score, keeping track of continuity, I hope. Um, see here, we... How's Godzilla floating? We see him grinning. Ah. He's treading water. Okay. Yeah, if you went under his tail, it's just, yeah. <laughs> his feet are just flapping up and down. Yeah, he's yeah he's got that mean look, and yeah, Godzilla's looking real fine right now. Like King King G's looking really aw- like the legendary version, of course, is looking really good. Yeah. I oh, yeah, this this right here, I was like, Kong, I need a vacation. Oh, <laughs> well, hopefully we're taking you somewhere that is a is a vacation, more than a vacation. Hopefully. Yeah, Eric, what do you think about the? Because me and, me and Isaac said it, we think that, that that kid's like the one standout here. Um, I mean, I think she's fine. The way I looked at her in general in this movie was kind of like tying it back to the classic Godzilla movies where they had like natives or someone like that, even if it was the twins. Um, <laughs> I just looked at it as that kind of connection to the classic movies. You know, mm-hmm. I can agree with that. But but didn't give it too much thought beyond that. I know the... <laughs> The uh, the director talked about how, you know, when she came on set, obviously she's like the youngest and, and he was expecting her to be more like his idea of a kid actor. Um, like, you know, a kid, like, you know, between shooting, you know, like, um, because he said, you know, they, during the casting process, there was some other kid, there was going to be a boy at one point, but the boy was just like too immature and like ADD. He didn't say it that way, but. I I mean, that's basically what he was describing. Uh, And and so they got this girl and he talked about like trying to like impress her as a kid, like try to, he he tried to be like kid like around her or, (laughs) but that she was completely serious, like at all times (laughs) um, on, on and off camera that, that she was just completely serious. He said that many times he tried to make her laugh on set he said he tried to do like his his Michael Jackson moonwalk, and she 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 just she had no emotion, like <laughs> just dead face, blank expression. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, essentially. That's comedy right there. She was just there for business. She's a straight man. <laughs> she thought that he was that uh, that kid that you mentioned earlier. She's just like, why are you acting like a kid? Yeah. Whereas Millie Bobby Brown and what's his name from New Zealand, they were kid like uh, on set, but but not the little girl. By the way. I like the weird touch that somehow her and that uh, conspiracy guy had the time to make up a little handshake together. And the other guy's just baffled by it. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> For whatever reason, I just like that odd little touch. Huh. Didn't see that without seeing it in the, in the, uh, in the subtitles. 
to Roswell, New Mexico in 1800. Oh, well, well, well. I didn't think of that. Okay. I wonder if that's a setup for somewhere. Um, yeah, I, I feel like because she, okay, maybe this, I gotta be, I'll be careful because I might be a little bit insensitive here, but I think because she, she's, I think mature for her age. In fact, I think she's years ahead of her peers potentially. I think like the kid, you mean, or the, yeah, the kid, oh. like the, 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 I think, I think she's years ahead of maturity because I feel like she's self-aware or at least she's, she's aware of her surroundings. Like losing a sense means that you're a lot more aware of your, if that may, may maybe I'm just like, coming up with pseudo science bull crap or something like that and being insensitive. I apologize to you, uh, kid actor, but I really think <laughs> you are a good actor and I can't hear anything. I'm uh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. That's what I was thinking. I, I do like, cause again, I mentioned how I kind of balked at the silliness of this plot before. I don't know. I think the silliness is, is fun. It, cause when I go back and watch some of those, those seventies Godzilla movies, you know, sometimes I get laugh at the ridiculousness of the plots for the humans. And it's nice to have that feature come back that I can kind of just yeah enjoy the complete silliness of these guys. Well, where were they in this? Like, I mean, geographically on the planet, where where were they? Uh, so they were in near Florida, the uh, where, yeah, where, Pensacola, Pensacola, and they're going to Hong Kong. Yeah, this is the other thing. I mean, I can suspend my disbelief for most of this movie perfectly fine. But a tunnel from Florida to Hong Kong. Okay, can I just say this shot, Michael Bay? I don't, I don't know why. It just screams Michael Bay to me, and that's it. I think we all know why, but I would, I, I hate attributing these types of military shots to that guy, even though I don't know why. Well, he's the military guy, though. No, we all know why. I mean, because he has so many shots like that in so many. Movies. Anyway, I'm sorry for interrupting you. Eric. Continue. No, it's fine. Just to interrupt further. <laughs> of course, this also. Uh a reference to the King Kong versus Godzilla and uh, Godzilla escapes. No, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I realize that now it's just like, Oh, that's right. It's like they did that in the original uh, 62 version. Yes. But sorry, Eric. Oh yeah, for sure. No, no, no. It's just the subterranean tunnel from Florida to Hong Kong is unfathomable. No pun intended. Eric, guess what? I agree with you. In fact, I'll, we'll get, oh, well, I'll, I'll get to something. I'll get to something else, but I also agree with Kay. I understand Caleb's perspective of like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of ridiculous stuff that had happened in some of the 70s versions or the 70s movies yeah, yeah. of Godzilla. But, like I said, I can suspend my disbelief on almost everything in this movie. Like I find the hollow earth concept almost more believable than than the, than that tunnel. I cannot wait till we get to that. That's going to be so much fun. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like we they've primed us at this point in this series to take hollow earth seriously. So I'm like, okay, I can just just give me this this silly tunnel. Like that's fine. I was I was actually expecting us to see the inside of the, uh, the little pod that they're in and they're all pressed up against the wall because it's moving so fast. Uh, see, I can I can take Hollow Earth in that it's just, you know, a wonder of the Earth, you know, of geology. The eighth wonder of the world. Whereas the tunnel is like man-made and that's just completely insane. That's the ninth wonder of the world because we have the eighth wonder of the world here. Nobody said that in this series, by the way. Not 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 our series, but I mean with like in in this like nobody's well, talked about him being the eighth wonder but i guess that's obviously because you know we're past that time period yeah it actually just occurred to me with apex because uh i guess in a way they're using alien tech even though Ghidorah's head you know didn't have any technology 
but they're using some sort of weird psychic energy from his head. Maybe I like where you're going with this. I know where you're going with this. Maybe that was well, yeah, because apparently Ghidorah had that as part of his genetic makeup, his biology. Yeah, yeah, his biology. Maybe they're somehow yeah able to use his energy powers to create all this crazy tech that we have now. This is where it oh, seems like okay. it's all coming from Apex. Yeah, it's that whole idea of like um where did our technology like boom initially? So it's like this is where like, you know, the 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 explosion of advanced technology from, you know, what we see present day is because of X. And in this case it is because of I guess excuse me, um Titan X or or Monster Zero, that's what it was, Monster Zero. Um so Speaking of which, uh, Monster Zero, a.k.a. King Ghidorah, he was uh, in Antarctica. He was housed in Antarctica. Is this hmm. the same facility where he was housed in, or is it just a site a few like kilometers away? <laughs> well, either or, because, I mean, he was there. Wait, or was he? Yeah, he was there, wasn't he? Was he there? Because uh, No, no, he was definitely there. But I'm saying, was he there because the opening was nearby or was that just a happy coincidence that's the question we hmm. we don't know like this is where we have to like you know come up with fan theories or with you know read the script but the thing about the Ghidorah head and the technology involved that's funny too i mean i guess it's plausible what caleb said but but what's funny is um that too was just like an afterthought um <laughs> that somebody just came up with during the process of the movie um like hey wouldn't it i can't remember what the person's position was on the crew who had the idea um specifically which was like hey what if like there's those latent powers of Ghidorah and we use that as like um the thing to control the uh the mechanical kaiju and they were just like yeah that's that's great let's do that it was just one of those like in in the moment things that sounds that checks out oh that's funny all right so caleb um what we're seeing on screen is Super A. Super A. Oh, if only they would have said that. Yeah. Well, no, I, I, they called it Hevas or what? Okay. Sorry. H E A V, but I'm calling them Super A's. What is Super A? Oh, because uh, Super X was uh, a ship that they used during the Heisei era that I used for my okay. bonus episode or bonus. Uh, fuck, not bonus. Uh, randomizer. <laughs> okay. It's the Super X randomizer computer. So he's saying I should use these. Uh, or that they, they oh compare. no 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 yeah no I'm just saying like these are super A's whereas those are like super X's like the league's better than the I know that I kind of like the design and whatnot but they're at the end of the day they're like shield uh, Quinjets like at the end of the day for me so I'm like I do not like the design of these hovercraft trans like Star Trek transports <laughs> transporters sorry mainly because I just don't like their weird futuristic look like these things and the pod that's in the subterranean tunnel that Millie Bobby Brown's in right now, they have this weird Tron legacy look to them, mm -hmm. which yeah. I love Tron legacy. I just don't understand the aesthetic in this movie. And I, I know we're going with the, the, the neon motif fine, but just the futurism of these particular vehicles is just a little bit weird to me. Here we go. Yeah. I was definitely thinking of uh, Tron legacy with the, the music as well. Yes. And then this, did they explain this in the movie? The the portal thing. They did with, uh, in the beginning in the office, I believe. They kind of like yeah. briefly described. I didn't, I didn't even need it. So I, I missed that in like when I first watched this uh, back in the theater with Caleb. And I, I don't care. Like this made sense to me. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Well, well what I mean is I would, I would have been, I would have been fine if it was just a, you know, a big tunnel 
and they just fell through it. So I didn't, I don't know if there was like a reason to add in this sort of like portal effect situation. I, just for fun visuals. And I guess, cause they have that bit where he, he goes to the down section and he's on the top section now, I guess it was for that as well. Or does he go up to the top? I can't remember. <laughs> uh, both. Now the weird thing, <laughs> the weird thing about this hollow earth situation post 2021 um, with the new Zelda game that came out recently, I know what you're gonna say. There, there's surprisingly a bunch of unintentional parallels yeah. between that game and a lot of these Hollow Earth coincidence. Yeah, yeah, coincidence. I it has to be. I mean, although I mean, they started working on that game a long time ago, like 2018 or something. Yeah. Um. Well, after you know, it's around the time they were making this movie. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So just this concept in of itself is reminiscent of major elements in that game. But there's some other stuff that happens a little bit later that uh, I'll bring it up again. And this stuff's all super cool. I, I I think it's it's fun to create like a new Skull Island just with more creative elements with the, the top section being its own place you can access. I think that's all cool and the, the giant monsters is that's probably the coolest of the skull islands that we've seen if 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 i'm factoring this in as a version well yeah i mean it's unfair though yeah (laughs) yeah unfair fight by the way how has she been in this movie so long and i haven't mentioned how hot um uh isa gonzalez is yeah and i forgot to mention we didn't we talk about her recently isaac in uh one of those fast and furious things and she pop up yeah she was in uh she was in uh she had a random cameo and literally like she was in there for like five minutes of uh of hobbs and shaw uh where she was one of uh i guess um she's an art either an arms dealer or she dealt with something an associate mm. of uh of deckard shaw excuse me that's oh, right I saw it a few months ago i didn't i didn't connect that was the same person yeah, these beasts are cool. Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty cool. I mean, and they're also terrifying conceptually, like basically <laughs> flying snakes. That's that's pretty scary. It's like a flying cobra. I love it. Yeah, I think there was a Gamera monster that was somewhat similar to them. Hacks. They stole them. One of the Heisei films. <laughs> I can't remember which Heisei. Maybe it was the second. Oh, it's so cool. Sorry, gushing. Yeah, no, this stuff's all cool. I, I like that they take these moments because these are very iconic moments for Kong. Just fighting some big beastie. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, Kong's been doing it before King G was. Like, Kong's the originator. Like, he fought those T- Tyrannosaurus Rexes back in, you know, the 33 version. So, like, Kong's done this, like, longer than Godzilla has. Well, And, of course, Godzilla would never exist without it because, yeah, that was... Exactly. He's obviously inspired by the original Kong movie. I mean... Like who's the who's the king here? It's like we have the king of the natural world, and then we have king of the uh, well. I guess no, he's still king. Like yeah, Godzilla is still part of this world. He's not a creation of the atomic bomb. They just woke him up. Yeah, and here's that bit I was talking about where he just starts eating the guts. Fatality. As long yeah, as it's our uh, hero, but oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, as long as it's not red blood. As long as it's not red blood, you can show whatever you want on screen. All right, ladies, gentlemen, those in between and unaffiliated, welcome 
to Journey to the Center of the Earth, The Lost yep. World. And yeah, that's pretty much like this, this portion of the movie as well, like was what made like, I'm, I'm like, I would have never thought, guessed that they were going to literally go to like the center of the earth. Caleb, think of, think of Skull Island as, um, Wong Shitong's library. Um, think of that where it used to be part of the spirit realm Mm. and it actually, you know, came up into our world or their world, excuse me. And then, you know. Because you know Wang Chitong was you know angry at everybody using his knowledge and uh, wisdom for uh, getting uh, one up one upping each other. Uh, each other. Um, he sent it back into the spirit world. Think of it almost as at least my head canon is that it's Skull Island is similar because Rebecca Hall's character kind of says something about how it literally was like I don't know a leftover yeah. island from like this world. So it's like think of it that way. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I could see some similarities there. And I, I love this blue diamond thing, by the way. I think that glow looks very, very interesting. This like glowing cobalt blue, even in this world, there's still like neon in a way. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just, and I, I just want to say, no, nobody cares, but I just want to say that like the way these rock, these floating rocks look like all in the same plane. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first time I ever saw fireflies in my life, um, it was 1995 and I was in the wilderness in Oklahoma. Uh, and all of a sudden, all these fireflies came. Um, it's like a wide open field at night. And there was literally thousands of them. And, and they were all flying on the same plane, just like those rocks were. And they were about five feet above the ground, all in the same height. And I just remember looking at the fireflies yeah. and standing above and then like ducking below and I, that, I'm just saying, no one cares, but that's what I thought of. Uh, I'd care when I saw that scene. That sounds really cool. Yeah, that sounds like an awesome experience. Yeah, we we like nature. Like if you yeah. haven't noticed, um, yeah, I remember fireflies in, in Encounter. Tying it into uh, that same month, not only did I see my first firefly, but I also saw like my first horny toad, uh, which I didn't know that was a real creature. <laughs> um, they might be called something else in other countries, horny toads. But when I, they basically look like a, like a, like a real life dinosaur that'll fit in the palm of your hand. And I didn't know that was a real thing until I saw one in the wild, but I bring it up to tie it into earlier, just before that scene with the rocks, there was a, a a four-legged beast that we saw briefly, um, chomping on some other creature. And I was wondering if that was like a little cameo of Angiris. You know, like either way like i like that though i also like that little yeah. uh, like you know little creature and uh yeah. big creature i just either way i just i love seeing those like pretty much like all the creature designs save for like the skull crushers or skull crawlers yeah um they're like they're pretty good like what do you think Caleb? Wait, who are the skull crawlers we're gonna see one soon oh okay. yeah those are the guys from yeah skull island from 2014 oh no those are mutos yeah and they do they were a little bit generic in that movie but yeah, in this movie in particular, they do feel yeah more generic even. <laughs> but the, the cannon fodder. The kaiju's I've cared for the least in the modern monster verse were whatever the hell those creatures were in Godzilla twenty fourteen. The Mutos. Yeah. The Mutos. Great sound design with those guys, but yeah, the designs yeah. weren't great. They came across as like too JJ Abramesque as far as kaiju's go. I mean, I think that yeah. was intentional. We'll we'll get to it, but I I think that may have been intentional on the filmmakers' parts because it's like okay, so the last like kaiju film in America was um, Cloverfield. So now we're gonna take that creature design 
obviously make it our own and then we're gonna have godzilla battle it and show that he's king of the monsters that's just my theory though by the way the inside of uh, Ghidorah's skull there i think that just looks great too yeah completely yeah com- completely like full-size realized prop yeah that's cool and i like the sound design that they chose for the uh all the movements in the mechagodzilla all like the starting up actions those sounded really good on my this could have easily looked like a Michael Bay Transformer, and it didn't. That being said, I kind of it's it's not my favorite look for Mechagodzilla. Yeah, uh, I, I wish it was a little more like shape wise similar to the original Godzilla or Me- or the original Mechagodzilla. It, it doesn't have to be exactly the same, obviously. But um, when I picked up the toys from this movie. You know, I you know I got Godzilla and King Kong, but then I would just look at the Mecha Godzilla toy and I was like, it doesn't even look right, and so I never <laughs> bought it. it. It just it just looks it doesn't fit, but that's just me. No, I mostly agree. I I think a lot of the Mecha Godzilla designs have not been great, and this one is yeah nothing stand out. Or it just somehow doesn't fit the universe to me, but. Uh, I don't know. Now you mean, well, <laughs> I think that's the point, of course. Um, but do you mean, Caleb, even in some other, in, in some Toho pieces, you're, you're not uh, feeling the designs for Mechagodzilla? Yeah, the Heisei one and um, Kiru from the Millennium line. Ah, uh, yes. It's okay, um, but it's kind of plasticky looking. So my interpretation of this is that it's unfinished and not just because of the power source, but they're still like, this is still like a prototype. It kind of looks like the Terminator without its skin. I could see it. Yeah. It kind of looks like a T 800 and Godzilla had a baby. And it was made worse because it wasn't that long before, uh, that ready player one came out and they had a really cool looking Mecha Godzilla in that movie. So yeah, as I recall, like, this is the skeleton of Mechagodzilla, and they just need to add more to, to it or to him. Excuse me. That's your head cannon. Is that what you're saying? That's my yeah. That's my head cannon, <laughs> and like oh, and, you know, I even can see that like again because it's it's so like broken down base basic because you know you you see Godzilla and he's a beefy guy unless they're like intentionally trying to um you know keep him aerodynamic not not aerodynamic but like slim and slender so he's you know can uh get get around the you know the big the big boy here yeah that that's definitely one of the issues yeah he, he looks so yeah thin it's it's a bit weird looking seems completely naked <laughs> and he does just look terrible the toys i think yeah just not a good look <laughs> looks better in this movie than he does in those those toys it's crazy that your daughter could just go off around the other side of the world without you knowing anything about it i kind of hope that if they in the in a sequel or something they utilize those tunnels they they utilize that whole network of 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 um fast delivery services I'm like i think that'd be kind of a neat idea to utilize in the next film but that's just me no yeah that, w- that would be cool to, to bring that back i'm very interested in what they're going to do with that next one I think I may have mentioned this in our discussion video of this. I think we discussed this, right, Caleb, uh, back in 21. Uh, which bit about the tunnels? Uh, no, just King Kong. I mean, or like King Kong versus Godzilla. Excuse me. Did we discuss this briefly? Like for like our initial thoughts from when we saw it in theater? Or no. 
Oh, I don't remember. I okay. don't know what episodes we did around that time or yeah. I don't think we man. But either way, it's like I got to say I'm I you 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 mentioned earlier, you know, like they've been seeding the hollow earth idea since 2014. I don't know if anybody had like a visual idea of what hollow earth was going to look like, but I think this is for for the whole like, you know, hollow earth, you know, de- obviously it doesn't exist, but like the whole idea for hollow earth, I think this is the best interpretation of hollow earth I've seen. Or at least the, the best one I can think of, excuse me, uh, that I've seen with like the idea that there's like another dimension inside of Earth. So I'm like, okay, so it's still, you could almost say like hollow Earth, but it's just done a little differently. So I'm like, I, I give that a thumbs up. And you have to travel there I, by portal. So I'm like, I think that's really cool. See, I, I don't, I, actually, I don't like to think of it as another dimension, as you say. The, earlier in the movie, when they were, I think in, in Skarsgård's office, that there was like a, a drawing like diagram interpretation of hollow earth mm-hmm. that I was okay with um, what I saw in that drawing, but this idea of another dimension, I don't even know what that means. Like maybe, yeah, maybe I'm uh, getting it incorrect and I'm just thinking it has dimension, but either way, like I still think this is like one of the best versions of like uh hollow earth. This is how you could probably have Atlantis, except we also had Atlantis in the last film, yeah. uh, unless they also originate from this place. If that's the case, that'd be kind of cool. I mean, Hey, we also have an excuse to have the Lemurians from, uh, Oh, oh yeah. which yeah, which one? Which one was that again, Caleb? Megalon. We have Megalon. We could we could do little Marians. <sighs> so so the first time I saw this movie, I did not realize that the axe was made out of a scale of of, of a Godzilla creature. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And I, I love they give him his axe. That's his. Uh, that's how he evens out the fight. And we haven't really mentioned too that this is kind of an elderly type yeah. Kong. He's meant to be a little bit older, so it makes sense that maybe it needs some help. Yeah, he aged a bunch um, from the Skull Island movie. Well, you know, 1973 to 2024, <laughs> boy, he's kind of got a bit older. And presumably he was alive like in World War II as well. Or maybe that was his parents. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Uh, pr- Both probably. I mean, he was just born potentially. Yeah, and just wait until we finally get a son of Kong. Then he'll start using that little... Uh acts as a, a walking stick for him. Oh my goodness, forget like Sons of Superman and Batman, Sons of Godzilla and Kong. Good grief, I want to see that film. Hey, they already did one one Son of Kong back in uh, 33. Yeah, but I'm saying like uh, I want like a Son of like Godzilla and Kong. I like that perspective, like, Sean. I don't know how that feels. Do you mean a, you mean a son of each or yeah, like them, a, a progeny of both? Either together. of them like, <laughs> yeah, together, like teaming up to like either like bicker or like be best friends. Like, do you mean that they produce a child together, like a combo? Uh, no, just like their sons are like oh. you know either best friends or they're like hated enemies. I don't know. Obviously. Yeah. They're... Okay, so here's here's where okay, obviously that went out. Sorry, I didn't explain myself, but here's where it's just like so that they set Hong, they set the whole like climax in Hong Kong for the neon or the fact that you know Hong Kong. I think it was the neon first. Okay, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because the director he alluded to that. Like I said, his first idea was neon and the duel. So then they went searching, you know, you know, around the globe, like what would be a suitable location. Of course, I think that's how they settled on it. I mean, again, we're kind of denied the idea of them being Godzilla's yet to fight in Japan at some point. So I was gonna say, I was curious what it was like from a Japanese perspective. Mm. Um to like see this crazy amazing duel but to have it be exported 
to the, to the Chinese mainland. Like it's so close. Yeah. It's so well. Um, I don't think it's about distance as much as it's about location. Well, it's not just well. Uh, oh. It's not that. Eric. Anyway. But by the way, that this this giant uh, prop, it does look great. It, the inside and the outside, it it just looks awesome. Uh, but these these three, I swear, they they feel like they're in a different movie. It works well enough, but they just have such a different vibe, and they're just like sneaking around the corners. This this crazy podcaster guy, and then these two kids, like what the hell? <laughs> yeah, if if I wasn't such a fan of Millie in general, and like it was somebody else. I would just want it all cut out. <laughs> the whole subplot, just completely get rid of it. I feel the more I'll be on Caleb's side, the more I watch it. But as of now, I'm with Eric. Except I'm not a, okay, I'm not a, not a, I don't dislike Millie Bobby Brown. Don't worry, I'm just like not as into Millie Bobby Brown as Eric is. So it's like, no, you can cut this and it works. But the only reason they are they do exist is to just show the audience uh, and to set up uh, this entire, you know. Uh, Mechagodzilla subplot. Yeah, I I get that part, but I wish there could have been a better way. Oh, there probably could have. To show that. I'll say, had we uh, done a podcast on Godzilla 2014 when it came out, one of my biggest complaints was, okay, you wanted to give us a more serious Godzilla movie, but I don't feel like you did it the best. We barely see Godzilla. If you're going to give us this type of Godzilla movie, especially with a CGI Godzilla, lean into the camp and give us some of that silly stuff and a super, like a superhero Godzilla raise our hero. I was like, if you're not going to make it a serious kind of discussion of like that, that first one was, then just make it a funny, silly one. So do you think they accomplished it with this one or no? Yes. I feel like they've finally just gone into the silly direction. I'm okay with going in that direction. My thing is though, I would want it to be actually funny or to have someone, not Ryan Reynolds, but someone who was just that entertaining that could like, I would go for T.J. Miller. Nobody likes him. So oh comedians. God! We'll see. <laughs> then I wouldn't like it because I don't like stupid comedians and their terrible uh, comedy shticks that they do. I like that it's more like this is so absurd that it's funny. It doesn't have to be a comedian, um, but I don't know. Like Jeff Goldblum, I, I find his comedy relief, like in the in the Jurassic Park movies he appears in, even though he's not like a comedic actor or whatever. Well. I mean, maybe, when I think of his comedy relief, I think of uh, Independence Day, and not a fan of him in that. <laughs> okay, now oh, I, haven't, I haven't seen that in in almost two decades. So I, 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 Eric, if you want something, a shout out to Tears of the Kingdom right there. I know, yes. it's not the same thing, but that new like you know green it's ring. It's pretty close. Yeah, it's pretty close. That symbol of the serpent is very similar to uh, some of the major iconography in in the Tears of the Kingdom. Also, like the glowing blue stones are like the glowing green stones, the luminous stones in in Zelda. And when they activated it in the movie just now, there's a sound effect that played and it sounded just like when you activate this ancient technology in the video game. It was like the exact same sound effect. Oh, that's funny. So (laughs) here's two things that i you know don't agree with um one i can pass for just being super ridiculous but this part here where they're about to extract a you know the the power source and then just you know send it up you know into uh apex (laughs) Uh headquarters 
and then power the mecha gun. That's where I'm like, uh, I disagree with that completely because if that were the case and how have we not done this with uh, space probes out light years away that we've already sent since the seventies. Like how have we not Wait, like what? created. Yeah, how do you just like over Wi-Fi? Wait, I don't, I don't understand what you're talking about. So, Oh, you're talking about transporting energy. Yeah. Yes. I know. I know what they're oh, okay, doing. Okay, they're, okay. they're doing a signature. They're, they're mimicking the signature, but that doesn't like, you still need the rock itself. Like you can't just like make an energy source out of nothing. Like if they had a, Hazon Collider, like a, 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 a um, what is it? Uh, whatever it's called. It, that too. Um, what, 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 not a fusion reactor. What's that thing called? Uh, it was in the Flash. Um, I used to like the stuff. All right, I like the stuff. Um, whatever it is. Um, particle accelerator. Sure. But like all of a sudden they just like, okay, we have the energy signature and now we can power Mecha Gods. How? Like, yeah, I don't know about the energy signature business. How? Um, and I remember this came up like in my seventh grade science class that I was asking my teacher, um, like, isn't there a way they could like transmit energy like into space or something like into like the space shuttle orbiting? And I remember my science teacher at the time saying, no, it's impossible. There's, there's no way to do that. But I saw some tech talk or something a year or two ago, and it was explaining how at least in near distances, like earth distances, there is a way to transmit some types of energy. Through, I, I don't remember like the particulars of how that works, but there, there is some type of way to transmit energy in a Wi-Fi kind of way, but I can't remember all the conditions you have to have like in order to make that. Yeah, of course. Out. Like, you know, there's, there's obviously like way to radio waves. My, well, just the whole electromagnetic spectrum itself can like, that's, that's a whole other thing, but like, of course, a scientist could be like, "All right, Isaac, you're wrong. Here's why." It's like, okay, that's that. That's definitely fair. That shot, by the way, there looked really good. Sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. If you think, feel free to interject. Yeah, I think that the the texture, the skin on this this bird creature is is quite well done, especially when we had that close up shot. Yeah, this turkey looking thing. They're pretty good, but I wish maybe on some of the smaller scale creatures like these. Um, I don't know. Or maybe it's not necessary. I could, I wouldn't have minded some practical looking effects. Yeah. Um, a little bit, but but maybe it was just easier just to do it all CGI all the way through. By the way, I like this. He blows it down. He's like, "Get the fuck up here! It's go time, <laughs> round two. So, did so, you... so yeah. So is that the deal? Like Godzilla is really trying to call King Kong for assistance? Oh no, he's calling him out. He's like, "Get up here! I gotta kick your ass." Oh, okay, okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. So either Godzilla created like a literal hole between Hong Kong and the center of the earth. Yeah. Or he breached between the barrier that enables a portal. Well, they're not they're not in the center of the earth, if I'm to believe the diagram that we saw earlier. Yeah. Um the way the diagram depicted it, it's it's kind of like an inner shell um situation. Yeah. Well, I'm calling it the center of the earth just because of the HG Wells reference. Or, uh, oh, okay. Is it Conan? Oh, wait, who do? Oh, Jules Verne, I think, did that one. Jules Verne. I'm so sorry. Yes, yeah, Jules Verne. Thank you. By the way, I like how he just dispatched that chick, too. Like, oh, just like nothing because she was a nothing character. Like, just, you know, like crushes her, you know, as if it were like a plastic cup. Like, I love it. Yeah. And the babies go in the air. All the fans cheer. Cause she was the, the, the minor. The chicken shit heel, the asshole heel. We can't actually do any fighting, but it's just there's this little punk. Yeah. Wait, which person? 
No, that that uh, the daughter of the Apex guy. Gonzalez. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, she's a ridiculous character, superfluous, except for she was the eye candy in the movie. And so that upset me in the theater. Was she? Yeah, was she? Yeah. Was she? She was okay. Was she? Who else is the eye candy? Uh, the eye candy is uh, Godzilla and Kong for me. Thank you. Uh, Thank that's you. That's a different kind of eye candy. Uh, well, I don't know what you're talking kind, about. Unless you guys are getting into bestiality, that's not what I was talking about. Uh, no, but we're just not, you know, we're not immoral immoral potent <laughs> and or we're not simps thank you very much well i was talking about the simp point of view I, I can certainly have that in some godzilla movies but i no the, i was not i can have it in almost any kind of movie drama crime thriller blockbuster kaiju yeah i wasn't uh i wasn't compelled there no transformers i'm more compelled by just the great cinematography during these scenes that's a separate topic but uh i mean that's the only <laughs> good thing about the scene i guess all right here we go yeah and so begins the all right so um caleb who's the underdog and who's the uh who's the favorite tonight oh definitely kong lost the first round of their three-part feud he's the underdog here and yeah Oh boy, folks! Here we go. This. Is... I wonder what that says. The little advertisement with the dog. You can look it up if you want. Be hard to. Uh, okay. <laughs> if I had one of those Google Translate. All right. Apps. So this is a. Um. Uh. Okay. So. It's a. Oh, that's a big stipulation match. No holds barred. I know. I'm like. <laughs> but do they? Are we? Are we counting like a, a no? No contest, or is it? Is there any like? What do you mean? How are we doing? Well, just because I guess like uh, Kong's using weapons, but it's like, can either one be tapped out? Oh, yeah, this is this is notice notice qualification. All right. No DQ. Let's go. And it's a last man standing match as well. Oh, let's go. Just from the, the way they play it. <laughs> so I always love the fact that Kong is going to or Zill's or G's going to like you know, shoot his breath at, uh, at Kong and he's always trying to like, nope, no, 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 like move, moves the mouth out of the way. Yeah, they do a great job utilizing. Yeah, that that's the finisher for Godzilla is the blast. So he's got to do his best to not get hit by it. Also, I love the fact that, you know, we had Kong dropkick uh, earlier and obviously it's not, you know, the the famous dropkick uh, that, get, that oh. Godzilla did, but like, I'm just appreciative yeah. of that. It is funny now thinking of this in a yeah a match sense. I can really see the uh, yeah the booking of it there. That's funny, <laughs> but all this stuff is just great. What a great setting to for their big in such a contrast to that water fight that they had before. Oh, and we get uh, Kong in uh, another metrop uh, metropolis standpoint uh where he's you know climbing buildings finally like th this is like the first time in universe kong going in there look at look at that cackling yeah. right? <laughs> except he's also much bigger in scale than he was previously oh of course yeah. like you know he squishes peter jackson's kong i like how it's all from the perspective of kong during this scene yeah we get some shots of godzilla just grinning with glee after he blasts him but dude he's he's having a time of his life he's cackling man he's like a villain he's like one of the side characters from roadhouse yeah, it's <laughs> Yeah, this is all the subtle build up for when we finally do that movie. We've been talking about that for since like 2017 we've been talking about doing that. Roadhouse? Yeah. Got a remake coming out soon. 
he's just spewing it everywhere, man. Like, good grief, the amount of, like... And I know Lance Hendrickson... Rest in peace, by the way. I know Lance Hendrickson mentioned, like, oh, yeah, we evacuated the city. I saw a few people, by the way. Like, there are still people uh, in these buildings. Just don't think about it. Lance Reddick, by the way. There's no way you can evacuate fast enough. Yeah. Like, screw you, Batman versus Superman for saying, like, oh, it was on an uninhabited island. Like, they're just like, nope, people are dying right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's corpses everywhere. I mean, that was an apartment building he just took down. Yeah, that that's yeah, damn. But yeah, since you just mentioned yeah, Lance Reddick being in there, that was sure sad. That yeah, did not remember that he showed up in this. And he was in one of other wing or in in one of Wingard's other films, correct? Oh, was he? I don't remember if he was. That's what I saw Red Letter Media say when um huh. when Mike did uh, talk over this uh, over this entire series. Excuse me. Oh, interesting. Uh, the 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 uh, the uh, yeah. You should go. I should give you a link to that because he. Uh, or yeah, I should give you a link to that. It's pretty fun. And you just watched all four of them like one evening, and it was like, ooh, I like this. That's good. Now that you think, I think he may have been in the guest. I think he may have been like the connection to. He wasn't the, the guest. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, the guest is a high recommend for me. I would I would say it's a fun little piece of. It's almost like a Terminator, like a modern Terminator type movie. Not the same plot, but just in terms of the, the kind of the way it, it operates. Definitely recommend that. You know, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, you go ahead. <laughs> you know, in a way, like I said, this like, like, you know, this is the first Mecca in the entire world. Um, this could be the basis for, you know, other Mecca. This is our way to technically have Jet Jaguar in the series if they if they went there. They just have to obviously like make some modifications to um, Mecha Godzilla. I, I would love it. I don't see that ever happening in the MonsterVerse, unless they get to like the tenth sequel. Hey, I'll say I would have never expected that they would have brought back that character for that animated series. I thought that was going to be one and done, forgotten forever. So, so I'd be yeah, animated. Animated's different, though. Uh, it's just a, a you know a, a sign that maybe we'll see more of this guy eventually. I I really hope so. Even though I'm sorry, Kayla. I, okay, I, we'll we'll talk about when we get to eventually. It's not you know fully jet jaguar but i know what you mean like the yes. the, the fact that they just put him in there is like more than enough yeah for something that they deemed a big failure it was a surprise that it had any sort of yeah uh reverence like it has the face and chassis of of jet but he's you know looking like you know more of you know a robot from look at that suplex throw by the way or not super sorry that judo throw uh but he's looking like something out of like battle bots <laughs> I don't mean the like movie or anything. I just mean like from. Yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, but hey, again, I can't throw the series at that that part of the bus. Oh, and he's dislocated his shoulder. Oh no, what's Kong gonna do? Yeah. TG Dillashaw or the Korean Zombie? Those one fights, uh, two different matches, by the way. Yeah. Now he's he's gonna keep focusing on the arm. Yeah. Good grief, yeah. the animators! Like, good job, you guys. This must have taken so long to animate. Holy crap! I can only imagine. But land area wise, I'm curious: is Hong Kong? like a lot bigger than New York city because it looks a lot bigger than New York city or Manhattan specifically. It looks way bigger, but I don't know if that's true or not. It seems bigger in photographs. Depends if you play sleeping dogs or not, (laughs) by the way, I guess I can make my joke right now. I think a lot of people from Hong Kong might not like this movie because it may bring up thoughts of, or memories of what happened during the pandemic. Uh, it's a very different type of thing. But... Wait, how would how this remind them of that, though? A certain titan of a country 
kind of you know occupying your city uh, that, that's reaching that's reaching i know that's reaching but still yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know if they see like the central government like as godzilla well um, certainly not but well debatable i just canceled myself is that debatable sorry to people in hong kong i think it's certainly debatable i feel yeah. like if we had 10 citizens of hong kong and p- propose that question to them right now they'd kind of be scratching their heads like what are you talking about? I mean, I'm just using it uh, as I disagree, like a metaphor. But I disagree con- concerning all the protesters that were coming out and begging for no, help. no. I know <laughs> they had those. No, I know they had those feelings. But I'm talking about specifically visualizing it metaphorically. No, Godzilla. yes, but in terms of someone coming in and destroying and taking away their, their city. Oh, I agree on that part. But I meant if we sat them down and said, "So, do you see God when you watch this movie and you see Godzilla? Do you see your federal government?" Um, coming in, and then I feel like they'd be like, "Do you see this as a metaphor for exactly?" That's what I'm talking about. I feel like they'd be like, "What? What are you smoking?" <laughs> hey, I'm smoking the good stuff right now. No, <laughs> uh, I was just for some reason thinking of that. But anyway, here we go. Here's the we've seen Godzilla. He was he was he was taking some joy, and okay, I, I destroyed this little guy. He's he's all beat up, and now we're coming to the real main event, the secret main event. Yeah, the what you didn't expect where like they don't often do that because usually when somebody invades after or stops the match, excuse me, uh, that's it. Like there's no like after like they've just made their statement. They, they they've they've crashed the party and that's it. There's no I guess there's some after state there. There's some like, you know, surprise statements after that. Right. Yeah, they it's something they used to do more. Yeah, you, you'd have this the two Titans fight. And then suddenly out of nowhere, these heels show up and they just fuck the whole thing up. And then next thing you know, the the two guys who just had a big fight are teaming up and they they get they end them they end the match with them shaking their hands and everyone's shocked, like, oh whoa, they just you know, they they respect each other now. What the hell is gonna happen next week? Diesel had a big moment like that. And with, yeah, of uh, course it was Diesel. Who was <laughs> Diesel was on his own side. Lex Luger and Hulk Hogan, I believe, had something like that too during his uh debut at wcw i just recently watched i'm gonna cry uh i'm gonna scream plot armor for bobby brown and her squad because like there is no way like she she survived anyway yeah they they cut a corpster yeah but yeah we for this big final bit of the the fight here we change the lighting take away that neon bit because this one's supposed to be a little bit less I guess maybe they wanted to focus on the more mechanical side of the city too to pair up with Mechagodzilla. What's this? Broad daylight? What the heck? Yep. No big storms or I kind of wonder if Lance Reddick was meant to have a bigger role here. <sighs> Why? Well, just I feel like the the dad himself, I mean they brought him back to do almost nothing. Right. Maybe they had more scenes in mind for him or something. I know that smell. Ghidorah lives somehow. Yeah. Oh, we get a couple shots of some people there. They're doing an okay job with giving us a bit of the perspectives to see how big these guys are with a couple shots. Sort of a Superman punch, I guess. Uh, yeah. Like I, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can see it. Yeah. And here's this group. It's like a zombie version of King Ghidorah almost. Isn't there Mecha Ghidorah? 
Uh, uh, there's something a little bit similar to that in one of the Mothra movies, but it, not quite Mecca. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think it's Rebirth of Mothra too. All right, we got we we got the we got we got we got. <laughs> Here's uh, here's Kong's managers are like, come on, you gotta get up, Kong. You gotta get, you gotta go, like you know, save the city or whatnot. We're not talking to you know, like you know, I we hate to like you know call a truce here, but it's like this or this like mechanical monstrosity that we've we have no idea what that is is gonna like you know tear yeah. through this entire city. You got to do something. That's a good shot right there. Holy crap! Yeah. I like that, that she can at least, she's kind of like tough where she can sort of like feel the heartbeats. That's nice. Yeah. I didn't think about Toph, but yeah, no, I can see that. Yeah. I'm not saying she has a seismic sense, but I I wish she did because like. Who's Toph? Um, Toph Beifong from uh, Avatar Last Airbender. Oh, okay. Yeah. A blind uh, earthbender who yeah okay. uses her. Yeah, no, I can see that. And they used it with with the uh, with the water too when Godzilla was just about to attack. She could tell right before oh, yeah. everyone else did. Oh boy, it's I'm I'm I I was kind of ecstatic that, that no pun intended that um we were also bringing like some beats back from the original, like specifically this with the electricity. Uh huh. Or I think. I think that terrible '80s one too has something similar to this as well. Oh, I guess there was that, but like, even still, like you, you, you kind of have to just like, they, they actually, you know, brought some of those beats back. So you gotta, you gotta give them to that. What's the '80s one? Uh, I can't remember what that King Kong movie is called with Linda Hamilton. Oh, oh, okay, that okay. I, I haven't seen it, but I know what you're talking about. Oh yeah, what was that one called? Hmm. Like King Kong Returns or something. Could be, yeah. Hmm. Or King Kong lives. That that's that sound. I think that's it. Yeah, King Kong lives. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I, I own it. I haven't watched it, but I own it. Hey, uh, yeah, that's I've only seen that one twice. Yeah, that's that's why I never go back to. Oh boy. Oh, I, I, hey man. Oh, sorry. No, I'm cool with the callback of the electricity. Never mind. I don't. I'm not going to try to inject real world things into this movie. Well, I'll stand. I'll stand down. Yeah, there's no point with. Yeah, there's no point with something like this. I mean. I feel like once you throw in something like the, uh, the, 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 what, what do they call it? The, I was going to say flat earth, but <laughs> hollow earth this movie is not flat earth. Hollow earth. I... Yeah. Once you throw in something like hollow earth, that's, that's, Ugh. it's gone to kooky town. I'm, I'm still not down with this futurism look of like the hovercraft. I mean, I don't agree with it either, but beam lock. Yeah. Of course we have to get that. Yeah. So yeah, the director was against this initially. The beam lock thing because he thought it was too cliche yeah but when he saw it like the you know when they started rendering it he's like, yeah okay like come on yeah you gotta like <laughs> sure maybe sounds stupid and in, in in like you know from a conceptual standpoint but once you actually see it rendered properly like come on the animators actually like did their job like also yeah i liked i liked you could almost see like a like a little ripple around it like it was making the air like heated up and oh, everything. Yeah. I thought that was interesting, but but also, sorry, Eric. Go ahead. No, no, you're fine. Also, he said originally when they were scripting the fight for Godzilla. I mean, yeah, Godzilla versus Mecha. Um, initially, it was very tit for tat, like like very even. 
like an even fight. Um, mm-hmm. But they, or he, I don't know if it's he or they, felt like that didn't really work. Like, the, so the, the decision they went in was no, just have Mecha Godzilla be dominant, like the whole way through before Kong gets involved. Yeah, yeah, I think that's smart too, especially because Godzilla just got finished a huge fight and has to jump into another one. Well, yes, and in his head canon, the director, that is very much part of why Godzilla is struggling because he just went through the duel with King Kong. Yep. Kind of like Kylo in Force Awakens um, <laughs> being shot by the crossbow prior to the Ray fight. We'll get to that. There you go. There you go. Absolutely. Don't worry. We'll get there. By the way, if, if we looked at this movie in a very different way, this could be another big day of tragedy. I mean, look at all these destroyed apartment buildings. Oh, no, it absolutely. It, it's, it's completely insane. <laughs> Uh, the urban destruction. It's like on a whole other level compared to most of the yeah. <laughs> previous Godzilla and King Kong movies. So maybe the next movie they could take the perspective of someone from Hong Kong like, screw both these guys. I don't neither one of them's a hero to me. Oh my goodness, he's broken in half and he's trying to unbreak himself. Oh, I cannot believe this. He actually like put his shoulder back in place. The director also had Lethal Weapon 2 in mind with that, by the way. Hey, I did that too. It's a big mistake. I should have gone to a doctor but I set my... Uh, my arm myself after it got pulled out of its socket. Really? Yeah. Real stupid move. Real stupid move. It's yet to happen to me. And and he's been and he's been called Quasimodo ever since. <sighs> there you go. Yeah. Good grief. This is the first time we've seen like or this has been a while since Godzilla's been dominated. Now I'm gonna do it to you what you did to that Muto back in twenty fourteen. Open wide and say ah ow. Oh that's it's right. also crazy because like I've seen videos of that real life Gundam that they've made in Japan. Um, and even though it is cool to see a life-size Gundam in real life, um, its mobility is extremely limited and it has to have like a sort of like a stand built in its back, like to keep it, you know, upright. And then even then it, it kind of moves like in slow motion, like with its limbs. So it's absolutely incredible the mechanics and engineering that went into this Mecha Godzilla, if we treat it like it's real. Armbar, armbar, darn it. <laughs> I cannot believe this, Caleb. It's a team up. It is a tag team. It's a two on one. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, they both have their handicaps, so they're an even match for this this monster heel here. What a knee. What a what a beautiful knee. Take that. Oh, look at that. He's bringing he's bringing what club? He's got a he's got an axe with him. The Axeman is coming. Yeah, but. If this was like a real wrestling match, again, it'd be like the T-800 stepping into a WWE <laughs> ring, which would be completely insane. <laughs> yeah. Hey, come on, man. They made a comic based off... Well, they've made so many comics, but they made a comic based off of like Terminator versus RoboCop. That's RoboCop, though. At, at least he's cyborg. Come on. Who do, who wouldn't want to see that? Actually, I guess Death Battle already did that one, so never mind. I would want to see that, but I'm just saying, if it's just flesh and blood humans, it's going to be a bloodbath. Pretty sure RoboCop won. No, Terminator win. RoboCop is really not... I mean, have you seen RoboCop 2? I mean, he goes down like a little punk really easily. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it would be cool to see, but yeah, RoboCop should lose in every possible way. Ha <laughs> uh, ha, just like my computer as well, or just like my internet, you have to rely on a modem. <laughs> you, have to re- you have to rely on a source code. Oh. That's your weakness right there. There we go. Yeah, Godzilla's like, ah, I see what you're doing. I thought he was going to actually take the energy from um, Mechagodzilla instead of just Godzilla himself. And I kind of like that he needs to have a piece of Godzilla in order to destroy this this Mechagodzilla. 
Yeah, it's both of them that like you know work together to do it. Yeah. Oh. You were my brother, Anakin. I hate <laughs> you. I was thinking of Megatron with some of the brutal killings that he has. I was like, oh, I guess it's okay if you're a robot. Just cut off all your limbs and... You want a piece of me? No, I want two pieces of you. If only you would start biting on it. Like, is this edible too? And then he just grossed out. Yeah, again, fatality. <laughs> so I guess it's now two for two for both of them because Godzilla, like, got the ever-living SHIT beaten out of him. Hey, even Kong's, like, having to, like, sit down and be like, ugh... I need a second. Yeah, what I like is it's clear that Godzilla's keeping score because he gets up after that again. He's like, hey, wait a minute. Like, maybe this isn't done yet. <laughs> yeah, back to the stuff that's less interesting in this part of the movie. Well, except for <laughs> except for Kong Girl, though. Even to this, like, it's moved past the the interest of the humans at this point. No, that's fair. I think this location where they shot this might have been re- a redress of the Pensacola set. Because um, the entire background is green screen. Like the cityscape. Doesn't surprise me. Oh, really? Hmm. I think they just redressed the set to make it Hong Kong. And again, I, I really don't know why they brought him back. He played, the he made the least impact out of everyone in this movie. I don't know why they brought him back except... Except just to see him again, I was happy just because I thought he was so cool being casted in the previous movie. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. I mean, just to have a lim- I'd rather have the limited role than none at all, I guess. And that's fair. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure neither he or Millie will, will be in the next Godzilla movie. Yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't heard anything about her especially. So, I mean, he could just show up for another cameo bit, but... Yeah, I don't mind Chandler showing back up because he's, you know, a kaiju uh, veteran, so I accept that, but... Well, just like I'm waiting for What's-His-Nose um, from 2014 to, like, show up again. Taylor Johnson? He's gonna, he's doing Kraven. He'll, he'll come back trying to hunt both King Kong and Godzilla. By the way, I feel so bad for Kong because he looks almost betrayed, and he, he tries to look like he's ready to fight, but he's clearly not. And Godzilla's like, come on, just, just, just bow. That's all I need. Just give me a nod. Tells me that I'm the top dog. It's like, <laughs> who had to help you during that fight? <laughs> Godzilla's like, okay, that's right. Bend the knee. Bend the knee. Uh, that's all I need. What a wimp. <laughs> Kong saying, just like, what an absolute wimp. Thinking like, yeah, I helped you. Know that. Your conscience isn't clear. I know. Yeah, look at Luz. <laughs> He's pleased. He's like, that's right. That's smirk. That absolute smirk. It's like, we'll meet again in the raid too. Oh my goodness, that'd be great. <laughs> Wasn't that a rage shot right there? <laughs> what do you what do you mean? <laughs> With him walking away like that, I feel like that was very similar to the shot at the end of the rage. Uh uh sure. I guess like both of them were walking away like at the end, but uh, just where the, the camera placement was and the Oh good grief. Skarsgard looks like he's Marty McFly. Yeah, he does. Oh wow. So I guess the song that's playing now in the movie. Um, director said this was just a random discovery uh, because um, he said in his work office on the movie he was listening to like the Elvis Presley playlist like on Spotify and he had left his office and the playlist was just continuing playing and then if you know how Spotify is it 
Like once it mm-hmm. finishes playing like a playlist, it'll just start suggesting other music that sounds alike. So when he came back to this office, this song just happened to be playing and he had never heard it before. And he just thought, oh, this is so awesome. Like he had to put it in the movie. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I think it fits well. I like that ending there. And seeing that Kong's now the king of uh, this underworld place. I guess Godzilla can take the top world. Yeah, Wingard said that he thinks of all of his movies as if he's making a musical. Um, he said that's kind of like part of his part of his thought process. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, he's he's another one of those directors where music plays a huge role in his work, except for that stupid Blair Witch Project. But <laughs> can you tell I'm bitter against that? I would never watch that movie. I would never watch the movie. I was so unimpressed by the original in in the time. Oh wow! Oh wow! Yeah, I was. I was hyped up to see it, and then when I did, I was like, get the fuck out of here. And I only had hopes. I had only hopes because of Adam Wingard and the the writer that he works with. The two of them, I was like, I, I trust them. They've done a lot of good stuff. And it just felt like they just did not give a fuck and put in the least amount of effort. And I was furious walking out of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, there we go. Godzilla versus Kong round two for, for me and Eric. Isaac, uh, I guess I'll, I'll leave it to you to start. What are your final thoughts on this one? Oh, for this uh, discussion. <laughs> okay. Um, well, certainly, uh, I think this is a good blockbuster film. Um, it ticked off some boxes. It's, you know, it, there was unnecessary, uh, human stuff in there. Uh, there, a lot of them are utilitarian and they're, they weren't needed. I think this is the best one for that though. They tried to not focus on the humans too much. Like whenever we had, uh, of you know the the fight between the titans and the kaiju excuse me um we, we we lingered on it for a long time before we had to cut away so i appreciate that a lot um i guess do you think it's comparable caleb the, the amount of screen time between i think i think you know the original films probably take it more but like do you think this is a lot closer to the original films uh when it comes to like screen time between the kaiju and the humans uh, uh depends very much what movies you mean I guess that's fair. The eras also count. Let's go with uh, let's go with the um, uh, the Showa era films. Again, very much depends. Some of them he would only show up for like ten minutes. Some of them he'd be the whole for the whole movie. You know what? That's true. I forgot about that. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's this is a, in the upper edge. I feel like they give it good enough. Well, I guess they balance it out by having so much Kong stuff because Godzilla actually isn't in it all that much, but there's a ton of Kong. So no, that's true. Again, there were the, the audience is supposed to wrote for Kong because again he's the one that represents humanity in this case, whereas Godzilla is like the force of nature, um, and so you got to make him mysterious in the in the background. So it's just like, oh man, what's he scheming? What's he going? And then you see his cackling face, and so it's just like. But anyway, yeah, just as a, as a fan of these this this series overall, um, this is a much like big step up from uh, from Skull Island, in my opinion, at least. Um, and I think it's probably a little bit better than, uh, King of Monsters. And I won't say anything about 2014 cause we haven't done that yet. So, uh, <laughs> definitely for these films, uh, this, you know, the, the, the legendary films, uh, I will say that this is my number one spot right now. Uh, definitely enjoyed it. There was, there was obviously some unnecessary stuff, uh, in it. Like, uh, like we mentioned and like I mentioned, but, uh, maybe I'll warm up NRB at least on Caleb's wavelength, uh, with just like, ah, it's just there. It's not needed, but like, yeah, I, w- I really wasn't feeling um, Millie Bobby Brown and her 
uh, her subplot with the with her podcast buddies. So it's just like, yeah, it was kind of unnecessary and didn't need to happen because you know I'm just like, we're literally here for the two of them to fight, but all they're needed there for is uh, is just to set us up for Mechagodzilla. But anyways, um, gentlemen, what, uh, Eric, what did you think of this film again? I think this movie kind of came out at a perfect time sort of i think because this was this was the movie that was the first significant blockbuster post-covid era and i think it, it, it was it was perfect timing i mean whether it was planned that way or not it just worked out that way and i was really glad that it was overall fairly well received um my audiences in general um so i was really glad about that because uh, i'd really hate any of these movies in in this series like to tank or something like that mm-hmm. uh, i would like them to just to keep going on indefinitely as, as a cinematic universe um so that is pretty significant to me just you know it when it came out um following the trajectory of the monster movies i think i said this in our previous podcast that it's sort of loosely following the formula of the original Godzilla movies in which the first one is more or less serious. And then with the sequels, we keep adding in more monsters, more monsters to King of Monsters. And then we start getting into some weird sci-fi territory. Um, So in a weird way, whether it was intentional or not, I kind of see this like following that trajectory of the original Showa era. Um, but I mean, I like the movie it with, with my brain turned off, which is the way it was since the first time I saw it. And I find it very enjoyable. I like how it's really zippy on runtime. I like how they don't waste too much time and kind of get to the point and just give you what, what you want. And, and that's, that's perfectly fine. It's like, it's a really great popcorn movie that anybody could kind of just get into whether you you care about kaiju or king kong or godzilla or not it's just kind of just general audience appeal i think that's all cool but as an actual like as a movie itself like if i if i get a little bit more serious as a critic um i personally think 2014 and and skull island as standalone films are more substantial uh just as standalone films and like artistic vision and execution. Um, but so what? I mean, who cares? <laughs> it's just fun. And I'm glad it wasn't a flop at the end of the day. Yeah. And as someone who, especially uh, around the time that this came out initially, I was just overall less into these monster verse movies. I kept feeling like every time they just never really hit where I wanted them to hit including this when I first saw it, I was like, it's, it was fine. Just like the other ones were fine. But ever since I bought all three of all three of the Godzilla movies on UHD, I've watched them a hell of a lot more and and I'm much more okay with all of them. Having seen them, I don't know, four or five times just in the past two years. So, (laughs) and by the way, I've watched so much Godzilla just in general over the past two years, just way too much. Um, but yeah, I think this one is is easy my favorite out of the modern Godzilla movies. I, if we're talking about MonsterVerse overall, it's still Kong Skull Island. 
but this one is a very close second. I, I think that they finally got everything working okay. We're not spending too much time on boring humans that I don't care about. We still spend some time on them, but the stuff that we get is is a little bit better with the kids' side and then more silly to the point that I can make fun of it with the podcasting uh, investigator side. Just saying that and thinking about that is just so ridiculous. This conspiracy podcaster he turns out to be right, teams up with two kids and uh, saves the day. <laughs> that's, that's just so stupid. <laughs> so, so I can have fun with with that. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, no, no, I'm I'm very excited to see what they they give us next time, and I hope that this franchise continues to to make money so we can keep getting more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one thing they didn't do this time was there's no um, post credit scene, and they're also if you remember in the previous films they also kind of had the still like um, censored documents and or censored footage. Uh, and playing in the back no not this time it's just like a black screen like there's no or black background excuse me as the credits roll so I, I think that was pretty interesting yeah that is interesting probably maybe maybe they were thinking like this was the end like that's it like we're like we're going all out i don't think that's what they were thinking like well they not in like they're not, not, not they're not being defeatist but they're just like if there's if that's it if there's nothing else we'll we'll just end it at that we'll just leave it there and if like, you know, the studio says no more to this, it's like, all right, we'll uh, we'll leave. But we're going out strong. Yeah. And I I kind of forgotten that. Yeah, that there was a lot of talk of is this going to be the end? And the future of the franchise was depending on this one after a little bit of a, a disappointment with King of the Monsters. I always forget what that movie's called. So. So, yeah, it was yeah good thing that this one actually did make money. Yeah, especially during a time when films couldn't make money, you know, like Tenet at the, at the, Tenet, excuse me, at that time. But if there's one thing I've been looking forward to, it's been, I guess, seven months or, or longer since last time we did this. But we're finally getting to that old Super X. Yeah, the Super X randomizer. And I will say... What, not, what, not Super A instead? <laughs> no, but the old Super X, it did actually have some problems. I was trying to fix it up and, you know, it wasn't really working, so I had to scrap it. What did you do? Oh, you had to and i had to rebuild it from the the ground up well this is a different one then this is uh, super y oh no this is the super x2 let's uh oh no it's super double xl right it's like it's like when mortal kombat um x came out and then they had like a deluxe edition which is called uh mortal kombat xl which is like but that's that's 40 oh no that means it's Mortal Kombat, so you can never make mortal kombat 40 because you're already anyway well you know the next mortal kombat's gonna be called one Initiating system one. Super X2 is a Working. This this is a weird one. Which one is not weird? Okay, like you keep you always say that. Like you gotta you gotta stop, Eric. What do you think it is? What do I think it is? The, the selection? Yeah, go. What do you think it it is? Just, as long as there's nothing with Manila, I should be okay. Anything without Manila? Well, we'll find out. Um, I'm going to say, is it is it the one with Frankenstein? No. Okay. I think, um, oh, we're going to have to get to that one at some point. I've been complaining for, uh, for I don't know how many podcasts up to this point that we haven't returned to the Heisei era at all. It's been, we haven't returned there since our second entry in this, this series. Yeah. Return of Godzilla. We're finally going to the Heisei era. We're returning to that, but it's not a Godzilla entry in the Heisei era. 
Uh oh. As we're going to rebirth of Mothra. <laughs> Up to this point, those who don't realize we have yet to do a Mothra film. This is the first one. Return of Mothra, by the way. Yeah. So is Manila in it? <laughs> no, he's not in that, but it's. I don't know if you guys know anything about the Rebirth of Mothra series. Not really. I think I might own it, but I've never seen it. Yeah, these were made uh, very much aimed at kids. They they feel like children's films from the 90s and very silly ones. They have a Power Rangers kind of vibe to them. They're very, very weird. So, uh, yeah, Rebirth of Mothra is what we're going to be watching next time. At least we got that one. Not one of the, the sequels. At least we can start with that. But, oh, boy. Well, we got to do it in seven months because that way we can get another Hesiara film. <laughs> Not the return to the Hayseer that I was hoping, but at least we're there. So, so I'll take it. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's fair. Eric, you up for that one? Sure, why not? I just know the ones that you will not want to be a part of, which is you know anything with Manila in there. Oh my gosh, that's such a ridiculous. There's still a couple. There's still a couple. Now, are you against the idea of if Legendary did do like a Manila, like if they brought like Godzilla Junior? Is that a problem? Well, I don't know. Is it going to be? Like a little person in a in a rubber suit, or a child in a rubber suit. Are we gonna see Godzilla abusing him, spanking him, <laughs> Squep, stepping on his tail, stepping on his tail? I, I just, I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to a Godzilla progeny or anything like that. I just don't want it to look completely ridiculous and or to be with like a young child with shorts of one inch inseam, um, hanging around. I don't want any of that business. Or talking in some weird uh, old accent. Godzilla <laughs> says I need to fight my own battles. That or like changing scale from like human size to, to oh, junior. Come on. Size. That's just how the, uh, the the rules of the universe work in that world. Or look like a certain uh, football player. Although I think that was explained as like a dream sequence or something. <laughs> the football player <laughs> aspect. That's pretty funny. All right, you brought that up. All right, I think that's Vince Carter. Coincidence? Is it Vince Carter? <laughs> you told us years ago. Yeah, something Carter. Years ago. Well, I guess it was in 2021. Excuse me. But thank you guys again for for doing another Godzilla with me. I'm I'm happy to get back to it. I've been watching a ton in the background, so I'm I'm primed to to get back into this stuff. And uh, Isaac, do you perhaps have a certain ending prepared, or I do have an ending prepared. And with the end of this film, we have a stalemate almost, like a, a tie between the two kings. One now l- ruling in the hollow earth, the other ruling the, uh, I guess, earth. Uh, outer earth, whatever <laughs> you want to call it. Will, they, you will, will, will we join again with them next time when they take on another kaiju, potentially one from space? We take on a oh. mechanical version of one of them because there's another one of them that you know has, has a mechanical version, or will it be something else made up of billions of different like you know microorganisms talking about climate change? Who knows? Till next time, same Godzilla time, same Godzilla channel.
microorganisms talking about climate change by Alante. Oh, okay. I think, right, Caleb? Or well, I mean, I know that had that aspect, the environmental aspect, but I was picturing microscopic creatures talking about, like, literally discussing climate oh. change. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> Whoops. Um, Speaking. I mean... <laughs> uh, well, that was for all those who watched. Was it Godzilla versus Bielante? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I remember those creatures, but but yeah, they were like macroscopic. Oh, were they? Okay, I didn't. I thought they were microscopic, but no. What I mean is, like, they. I mean, they were they were mi- micro, except that they were like as big as a, a dog. Or well, you know, yeah, they're... I mean everything beyond because there is like macro, like we're mac- macroscopic beings. Excuse me. <laughs> Years ago. Well, I guess it was in 2021. Excuse me. It was. Yeah, it, it may have been 2020. No, it may have been 2021. I don't know. No, 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 no. We first, we first like had Eric on here in 2021. So yeah, sorry, two years ago. Pardon me, or a year and a bit ago. Yeah, I don't know. I know. I know. It seems like I've known you guys for ages, but it's not really the case. And we love you all more for it. <laughs> I am curious now. I do have to. I, I right before we close, I have to check if it was 2020. Because for some reason, I feel like it was. I feel like it was 21, but I, I think we first started podcasting me and Caleb in 20. Well, we started with Son of Godzilla, so that's that's why I wonder. I'm gonna say December 2021. Right, right, Son. For this, thought I could be wrong on that. December? Oh no, it's maybe it is 2020. Now that I think about it, because well, I remember it was a rainy night. Yeah, it was November 25th. 2020 okay that was close oh wow or december 18th sorry oh i was right sweet 2020 still so it was Dece- it was yeah. december 2020 yeah okay so three years ago Never mind. i had i had just recently moved at that time huh well yeah that's wow it's been a while <laughs> no yeah that would, make, that would make no sense because if we knew you and if we did it in 2021 we started star wars in 2022 what that makes no sense yeah why does that not make sense because all of a sudden, like, we meet you and it's just like, hey, let's do Star Wars. It's like, uh, okay. Well, we did, if you guys remember, that's the first one we talked about for like an hour and a half. I do remember that. Before we jumped into Son of Godzilla. Yep. <laughs> I didn't remember that was before Godzilla, but I do remember that conversation. I remember that conversation. Yeah, you, when you when you joined the call, me and Isaac were knee-deep in a Star Wars talk, and then you just jumped right in. Yeah, don't get me started on that right now. <laughs> Funnily enough, the the sound there had a little bit of issues, and so did my randomizer. It's, it's taking a very long time to finally load. What did here. you have it on floppy disk? Still waiting for it. <laughs> I'm still waiting. I'll for be it, it though. It's been a while. Like, it, 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 hello, beautiful. How have I missed you? Oh, it finally loaded, and oh my god, this 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 is a weird one. <laughs>